warning. The next, I don't know, five, ten minutes, maybe half an hour contains spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Why? Because I want to talk about it again just for a bit. Okay. Just randomly, I watched it again. Ah. And, um, yeah, man, I still like it. And I, I think one of my favorite scenes in this entire movie is still whenever Tony comes back to Earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, there's a line of, you know, I lost the kid. That already hits you in the feels already. Oh, yeah. But that debate, that little spit back and forth between, you know, him and Steve, it's it's still, it's a testament to a lot of things, but definitely a testament to Tony Stark as a character and to Robert Downey Jr. as an actor. He he, I, I feel like, and granted, I'm no, I'm not a, a theater guy or a complete movie buff where I've studied theater and, and cinematography and all this, so it's only talking out of, uh, it's only coming from a mindset of somebody that's watched, quote unquote, a lot of movies. <laughs> I think Robert Downey Jr. is acting his ass off in that scene. It's it's such tension. I think a lot of that tension is what I liked a lot about uh, Civil War. You know, it's that you know they're, they're both right. You know, they both well, they both have good points, and they're both coming from their idealistic heart. But in this case, Tony's like, look, I I said this shit was gonna happen. I said that we should go left, but everybody wanted to go right, and look what the fuck happened. And on top of that, I said we would lose, and you say we'd do that together. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? We lost, and you weren't there. That's just, oh. Yeah. Oh, man. And if, and then later in the movie, so that's the dark side of that coin, Later in the movie, they flip the entire coin over. And, man, Chris, when he goes to the trunk of his car and pulls that shield out, and Chris Evans, Steve Rogers, that look that look of, oh, it's a mixture. That look alone was a mixture of, oh, Tony, you shouldn't have done that. or And, oh, man, Tony, I can't believe you did that. That's so cool. And, Oh man, I'm gonna have to get back in the fight for real now. Like all that was in that one facial expression. And he handed it to Steve and he puts it on. And again, that that half choked up look as he's looking down at the shield. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I th- I think he says, I don't know, or Tony, I don't know, or or something. And Tony goes, Why? I made it for you. It's like, oh man. You went from that in the same movie, they went from, I fucking called this and you guys suck to, man, we're still friends. I love you, dude. That's such a good movie. I've been half tempted to go back and watch all the movies at some point. I just don't know <laughs> when or how. That's, that's what is it, Chris? Like 72, 73, something out? No, no. I think 72 was before Endgame, right? I have no idea. I forget. It's 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 upwards of seventy hours total. Yeah, I know it took me a while yes. to catch up. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a lot of what that's a lot of time. But as sad as it is to say, man, it would be far easier for me to re ingest an entire series 
than to watch anime. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. And I'm Chris. You know, Adam is on my ass every time that I see him. <laughs> he has wanted me for months to watch Shield Hero, to, even though I've told him, even if I do watch anime, I'm not going to watch a series in production, but he says, fuck you, watch it anyway. Uh, he wants me to watch My Hero Academia. He wants me to watch uh, ReZero is one he's been harping on a lot lately. And I'm in mean, a variety of other ones. Just like you, he has lots of anime that he's watched and, and recommends. And I have a fucking laundry list of anime to watch. But I still run to that same problem where I have to focus. I have to. I have to have that shit on Japanese language with mm -hmm. English uh, subtitles. Same. And I have tried. I've tried, Chris. I've tried a variety of games. Flat out an RPG, unless I'm in a battle that I can auto-battle, an RPG isn't happening. Because I'm going to have to stop the anime, period. E dude, even if I was, even if it was a regular English movie, if story comes up in an RPG, I have to stop the movie because I have to read and pay attention to the plot. <laughs> then I can go back to the movie. So RPGs, out of here. I don't play sports games. I don't play racing games. I don't play simulator games, so I can't speak to that. But... I've tried. Okay, so what about puzzle games? Think of like uh, there was there was one I've, I got on Steam recently, like Puyo 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 and Tetris. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a couple puzzle games. Okay, I tried that too, and it kind of works, but it, it really doesn't work at all because you do have to concentrate in a puzzle game. You know, when shit's falling from the sky and you have to stack it up appropriately and correctly, and then plan the next move. Yeah, can't do that either. Uh story games like maybe of the walking dead i don't know i haven't tried those but again there's a lot of story involved so i don't think i don't think i could do that either action games uh, no like i just don't these two things for me they just don't click yeah. and even with even with me playing like i've gone through my setup before i've got two big ass 60 something inch HD TVs in front of me right now and i usually play games on the left screen and i will i will have something in the background on the in on the right like a youtube video usually a youtube video or youtube series and that's fine because i can hear everything and i can either catch what i need to see out of my peripheral or i could just you know shoot my eyes back and forth anime it's 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 fucking impossible it's impossible yeah. i tried like two episodes of some anime long a while uh, actually uh one punch man when i watched one punch man last year um i tried but eventually i just had to put the game down and just really focus and I, and even if it's not just the story especially using one punch man as an example uh i man one punch man has awesome uh uh, animation i mean the way that they animate the fights in that anime is taken from the manga so the way they swoop the animation the way they put the lines in the it's it's kinetic action and i want to see that shit so yeah i you know i, I want to control spider-man through the city but i also want to watch this this fight scene you know <laughs> yeah. so 
I'm cursed, man. I'm cursed. When I when I retire, I'm gonna have a good retirement because there's nothing else for me to do but play play video games and watch anime. And maybe when I retire is when I'll catch up on a lot of my anime. But it's it's so hard to just come home and just do one thing. It's so hard to just okay. All I can do is watch anime. If I'm watching anime, I can't do anything else. I can't even browse the fucking internet on the other screen because I'm just, I just, I just, you just, you just can't. It demands your yeah. attention. This is also kind of like a first world problem, though, because I mean, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's a first world problem. It's more like um, a choice of quality, I guess, because I still feel in my not supremely uh, dubbed educated world. I still feel you get the more authentic anime when you watch Japanese yeah, language uh, dialogue. Yeah. And hey, that's Adam has made this point as well. I mean, dub uh, subtitle companies have come a long way from mm-hmm. one or uh, dub dub companies have come a long way. Mm-hmm. Apparently they're doing way better at hiring better voice actors. They're doing better at translating the scripts. They're supposedly doing better at okay, well this is a, this four minute scene is a big Japanese nuance that English people do not know because they don't do this in America. So we're, we're going to make it fit more proper. And you know, I'm down for all that. I'm not going to deny any of that because I haven't watched enough dubbed to get a perspective, you know, but for (sighs) for a while I saw it as almost borderline snobbish, um, guilty of it, of course, but I was like, I should probably feel a little bad about this, but mm-hmm. whatever. But then, but then the first time I heard Naruto say, believe it, or mm-hmm. what, I was like, all right, yep. Fuck them. Yep. Yep. Um, there was a, uh, yeah. So this is half random. Uh, I'm sure you saw a few weeks ago when I posted uh, Cowboy Bebop. I posted the... uh, There's a fight scene in the Cowboy Bebop movie between him and... I forget the female's name. But it's the one where Spike is... A a spoiler warning, I guess, for Cowboy Bebop the movie. Sure, I'm going to spoil stuff in a fight scene. (laughs) But there's a scene in that movie where he is... And just just stick in the ride, folks. I'm going to get there. It's going to be a long way around. He's <laughs> dressed up in a uh, janitor outfit, and he's trying to he's trying to pretend to be a janitor so people don't notice him. Well, w- the detective chick or the cop, the police officer, whatever, she knows she recognizes him, and they start fighting. And this was the first time. I don't know. Bebop's been out for fucking four hundred something years by yeah. now, but this is the first time that I have ever heard. Spike Spiegel's voice in dubbed form and I didn't care for it it's not not only of course does it not match the Japanese voice and you know what let's dig into that for just a half a minute Chris there's something in that there is definitely something in a a character like Spike Spiegel having a Japanese voice as in a, a a human being, a man has lent his voice to this character. So when you hear that person, you hear this voice, that's tone. That's, uh, that's, uh, inflections. That's the way they handle phrases and the, 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 everything about that person is in that character. Well, even when you pick, even without talking about, you know, the anime thing, just go back to Aladdin, our conversation last week. 
Oh Same yeah. Thing. So, we'll put a put a pin in that one because we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there today. Um, but yes, exactly. True. True point. Uh, please check out the last episode. We we already hashed this out a little bit. Uh, but a, a big a big summarization is that you know you have a supremely iconic character based solely on their voice because you just it just feels like they are that character. And even if you're not talking about Genie from Aladdin, if we're talking about Spike Spiegel from this anime. If you watch the anime and you hear his voice, you get so much. With 26 episodes, that's that's a few hours of dialogue, several, multiple hours of dialogue from this person. So not only from the writing and then and maybe the narration, but the way that that person uses their voice and the way that they portray that character sets sets a tone for that person. You swap that over to an English voice actor, unless you somehow find somebody that kind of has the same voice and the same style of uh, inflection and tone and all this stuff, you are now putting a different image on this person. You know, you have one character in Jip in, in, in Japanese language, and I know I'm not about to speak Japanese, but when they talk like this and everything's great, and then you give them an English voice actor and they're like, everything's great. Yes, we <laughs> like that. Like, that's, 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 that's how different it gets. Okay. I have yet to hear a Japanese actor play an anime character and then hear a, an English version and go, oh, okay. They try to find somebody that sounds like them. It seems like they just try to find who is a good voice actor, period. And that's as, that's as far as they go. And that's good. You, you need somebody that is in that animation experience. You know, they've done voices for cartoon characters and animated film characters and all that. Yeah, I get that. Find a, find a talented voice actor. Yes. But they it, there are too many cases in my experiences where it seems like they have utterly changed a character. And that I cannot stand. You can't have a character just be something different. I give an example. I think I brought this up, I don't know, 20 times on this podcast. But this is when people ask me, hey, man, it's different. Why don't you watch dub now? It's not like this isn't 1995 anymore. It's way different. It's way better. I believe you. I just don't have enough trust to, to, to get into it. And here's a perfect example why. When I watched Ninja Scroll back in the day, I was fortunate enough that uh, that was one of the first anime that I ever truly watched. Akira and Ninja Scroll and Ghost in the Shell. That was my original trilogy back in, mm-hmm. fuck, I don't know, 96, 97, <laughs> somewhere in that time frame. And but just because of the way it came to me, Ghost in the Shell was English. Akira was English. Ninja Scroll was Japanese. So... I watched Akira 20, 30 times, and I have that movie memorized in my head in a English format. I can't, I can't fight that. It's just how it is. It's the only way I had that movie. Ghost in the Shell, English format. It's the only way I had it. So I have that movie in my head. I can hear, I can hear Motoko's voice, and I can hear, um, uh, I can hear all these English anime. I can hear their voices. I'm saying this part because when I had Ghost in the Shell, I have Ghost in the Shell now in Japanese. I have Akira now in Japanese. I'm, my mind like conflicts 
<laughs> you know, because I know the way Kaneda sounds and I hear this version. I like this version better, but I have that Tetsuo and that Kaneda in my head. Right. You know, Ninja Scroll had the opposite. I watched Ninja Scroll 20, 30, 40, 50 times in my in my early teenage years, uh, mid to late teenage years. And I have all those characters not only their voice, but their the way that they were presented in that movie, the way their characters were. Sometime in the mid-late 20s, I forget when, uh, and it may have been, you know what, it may have been, it may have been just as a curiosity to, 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 to try this whole dub scene out. And I watched Ninja Scroll, and they, they turned there's a scene in there where he gets his hat split open i think it's toward the beginning when he fights against tessai and uh tessa sorry however you want to pronounce it uh in japan they pronounce it tessa so he he uh ninja scroll spoilers sure whatever he's tessa has uh uh, I forget her name, man. Ooh, it's been too long. But he has the female ninja, and he's he's basically having his way with her. Looks over in the corner, and Jubei's over there. Quiet silence, which remind me about the quiet and silence, Chris. I need to make another point about that. Okay. But Jubei's in the corner, quiet to himself, and Tessa looks up and goes, "Hey, man, I'm fucking busy. Get out of here." What he of course uh, uh, he doesn't say it that way. He's like, "Hey." Uh, I have no time for visitors or something like that. Uh, get out of here. Jubei gets up and he assumes that he leaves. Well, he goes back to doing what he's doing. And then Jubei is even closer to him now. And he's like, hey, I'm looking for, uh, I'm trying to find this town. Can you help me out? And Tessa just picks his double bladed sword up and spins it in the air. And Jubei jumps back and he looks up. And he's now in the Japanese version that I have in my memory. I know subtitles are different, but the one that I have, it's a it's a front on face shot of Jubei and Jubei just rolls his eyes up and looks at the split and says, um, it's, it's something like what a horrible creature or what a or what a what speed or something like that, like something like, wow, this guy is a badass. But he doesn't say it like that. He says it like. You know, wow. The English version. Uh, now, mind you, this is already about fifteen minutes into the movie, so you you've already had some dialogue from Jubei. So I, I'm assuming at this point of watching the movie, I was already kind of grinding my teeth. But that same scene happens. Jubei asks him whatever, whatever. He says, "Get out of here." He goes back to doing whatever. Jubei gets closer to him, and he's like, "Hey, man, I'm looking for this town. Can you help me?" And he spins the thing around. He looks up and he goes. Oh man, that was my favorite hat. <laughs> that is wrong. It that tone of that character now goes from all right, I need to focus because this guy is nobody to fuck with to hey, I'm the jokey guy. Right. I never took Jubei had some funny things that he said now and then. You know, he had some witty things to say, but he was not a a Spike Spiegel. You know, he wasn't a super jokey, I'm, I make funny moments out of everything guy. And that's what I got from watching that dub. And that I can't stand. You know, I have a look and a feel of a character. And it's, I have yet to find an anime that has almost one-to-one -one transferred it over. Now, 
I will tell you one, Chris. I don't know if you'll agree with this or not. Okay. That I, I and I and I also think it's because it's the first the, it, when I first started watching this anime. This is actually the way that I had to watch it. I haven't really had several complaints about Dragon Ball Z. Um, I could think of a couple voices that I don't really care for, like King Kai. I can, I can, not well, not King Kai. Um, uh, where was King? No, no, no. Who was? Was it Kami? Was Kami the blue one with the antennas out of his head? He wore the sunglasses. Uh, oh man, it's been a long time since I saw yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Well. The people will know who I'm talking about. He always had your voice like this, like that one. I don't, I don't know if that really fits that person, but I haven't seen an, I haven't memorized the Japanese Dragon Ball Z to know. But like, yeah, go okay. Goku's voice, sure, works fine. Piccolo's voice, I thought it was a bit much at first, but yeah, okay, it it works. Vegeta, yeah. Gohan, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I haven't felt like they completely changed characters with Dragon Ball Z. I felt like their voices were alright. But yeah. And what did I what did I ask you to remind me? Chris Quiet. shit. Qu- qu- uh, yes. This is something else. I'm sorry it's a dead horse. I get it. I know I bring these points up a lot, but it's something else that bugs me. And I'm as I'm watching fellow movie and anime enthusiasts and video game enthusiasts, I'm trying to find more people that ha- have either found this thing and either agree with it or disagree with it, but help put more terminology behind it because I don't know if I ever do a good enough job explaining my irritation with this stuff and it just sounds like I'm just whining, but and I, I'm, I'm putting my own, I'm putting myself on the spot right now. So if I come up short again, well, it's my own fault. I said I wanted to talk about this. I, I didn't come prepared, but it seems like I find this more. I want to say I find it in anime too, but I, I feel like I see it more in video games. Uh, it's probably anime too. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe, maybe there's an equal an equal amount of of issues that I have found. But when you have, let's say, a fight scene, we'll you we'll use anime for an example, and you have a fight scene between these two characters. They are both through through narrative, through their through the the way the cinematography is done, the way the choreography has been, the way that their characters have interacted with each other up until this point, you get the idea that these two are skilled at what they do. You see a fight scene happen, and yeah, there's a couple, you know, grunts and hi-yahs and and hadokens thrown around here and there, sure. Mm-hmm. But I swear every time they bring this crap over to America, and they Angloize this shit. They they make it into English. Everybody has to talk more. Everybody has to talk more. They have to have more sound effects coming out their mouth. They have to inflect more. They have to add more shit into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They can't if if a Japanese character picks his sword up and slowly brings it from a, a downward position to an upward position, lock eyes with his opponent sprint forward, pull his sword backwards, slash forward, there might be in all that a 
as he's getting his breath and a hit as he makes the strike. But by God, you hear that shit in English. It's, I have to get in. Yeah, this is it. It's the moment. Have at you. Uh Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, dude, why? Why is all that necessary? All that's just too much. Mm -hmm. Now compound that into a fight scene that's like five minutes long. It's so much dialogue and so much extra voice and so much extra um, onomatopoeia is being thrown out, I guess. And it bugs me. I see it a lot in both in, in both anime and games. And again, I, I, I need to do my homework and get, a, get some more scenes to make this um, point more clear. But that's, I, I would say also to the translation, that's kind of another... I don't know, pissy thing that I don't like. Uh, what, how, so how do you do, you, what about you, Chris? When you go to sit, when you sit down and watch anime, do you have anything particular? Like, do you shut everything off? Do you like fast forward the speed or do you just like, I sit down, I watch anime and then I move on? No, typically I only fast forward, uh, Certain things, very specific. I typically don't do that. And I certainly wouldn't do it on an anime. If if I feel the need to fast forward an anime, I probably shouldn't be watching it. <laughs> well, well, let me let me specify. I don't mean fast forward as in like you're five minutes in, you skipped to ten minutes. I mean like double the speed. I know, that's what I, mean I know what you mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, I that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, gotcha. I did it the other day to. It was something. It might have been something D&D related or something where there was going to be a lot of filler, you know, uh, to get to the point of what the video was. So <laughs> I just put it on like mm-hmm. 1.5 speed or 1.75 speed and let it go. Um, mm-hmm. But I certainly, yeah, not really a need to do that with <laughs> anime. Um, I, watching dubs, it is more difficult to uh, do other things at the same time. But uh so typically lately subs. I've been watching uh while I'm working. Um dubs or dubs or subs. Subs. I, okay, I thought you said dubs. I may have. My bad. <laughs> um so but yeah, so I'll watch while I'm working. because um, working in computers is a lot of waiting. So I have a lot of times where I'm doing nothing anyway, so I'll just glance at the screen. Uh, and it is very difficult. I'll end up pausing it a lot, um, unless I don't have that much work to do. Uh, but it's, I mean, I've done the same thing with normal TV too. Like when I'm watching Gotham, it's very difficult for me to look away and do something else because I might miss something. It's a very action heavy show. So I'm going to miss stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I, I I just I don't have a workaround for it. Uh, I've tried to think of ways where I could, and I I just don't. If I if I sit down to watch anime, I just watch anime, and I don't know where this came from. I don't even know how many years ago this whole you know ingesting two forms of media at the same time started, but uh, it's 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 how I do things today, and. 
It's it's it should not be that way, but that is the that is where I have evolved. That's what I've evolved into, mm-hmm. where sitting to one screen and watching one thing, I'm like I'm just fidgety. However, thanks, Star Fox. <laughs> uh, if if the anime is good, which look, I mean, even even of those th- of those three that he recommended, I still have. 60, 70 other ones on top of uh, having a Crunchyroll account. Me and my wife both do. So the the anime is out there. It's nothing about quality. It's nothing about uh, I, I don't I only want to watch the best of the best. Even if I don't like the three that he recommended, which I'm sure I will watch. I'll like one of them at least. Um, it, it's nothing to do with quality. It's, it's to do with for some reason I have to st- stop doing everything else and watch this shit. And if it is good, if it turns out to be one of those real good series, well, it's actually pretty easy. I'll be like, oh, fuck that. I want to see where this goes, you know? So, yeah. In any event, Avengers Endgame is great. <laughs> that's, a, that's our <laughs> kicker for today. From Endgame to anime. And yeah, I I have genuinely thought about. I mean, the whole series, Chris, from start to finish, looping all the way around with the Avengers movies. But uh, and it would be fairly easy for me to do that while I'm playing games too, because I've already seen all of them. Yeah, uh, I, I've seen the ones that I want to watch multiple times, multiple times. I don't know of any other detail that I would miss that would make me go, oh, man, I can't believe I was playing this game and I missed that thing. It's It would be just me catching up on everything. So, eh, maybe. My, my other problem is I have too many YouTube series out there, dude. I mean, I've got too much other stuff that I'm watching already. Uh, I'm in, I've been watching, uh, this is not to steal a week, it's just... just well, you go first anyway, so up to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, here is an example. One of 60, 70-something channels I subscribe to. And I say that, but if at the end of the day, really, the channels that update daily, maybe six or seven. I may get six to seven new videos a day. It's not like all 70 of these channels you know, drop a video every day. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Mahler is one that I've been watching lately, and he just does a lot of critiques on not only movies, but critiques on people's critiques. And he's got, I don't know, 30, 40 videos out there, as most of those are multiple hour videos. So uh, that's just one example. But the like podcast, Giant Bomb puts a three hour episode of, of a video podcast out every week. I watch that. Easy Allies puts about an hour and a half to two hour podcast out every week. I watch that. Every other week, uh, Friend Code comes out. Every other, ever, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, every other week, uh, Frame Trap comes out. A uh, couple other ones here and there. Usually Castle Super Beast. I will, I listen to that in my car. That's my, that's my commute, uh, uh, background noise but if i aside from the stuff that i watch that you know they update daily or weekly there's also entire series of things that i'm checking out like uh there's another example uh snestrunk i was keyed to his channel a few months ago and 
uh, I'm rather glad because I have a lot of Super Nintendo games that I have on my list now, thanks to him. But, I mean, that that dude's got three, four, five hundred videos out there. All short, but that's still a lot of videos. And, yeah, I just... <laughs> I have to catch this stuff when I'm in between something. There has to be like a... There needs to be like a perfect storm, you know? There needs to be... I have finished an entire channel... And I'm, I'm just deciding on what channel I want to start watching their content of next. And I beat a game. So I'm like directly in that middle time frame. And I go, hey, you should watch an anime right now. <laughs> hey, you should start an anime right now. You have no game to tide you down. And you are not watching another YouTube series. So now's a good time. Um... Yeah, let's get into the weeks and we can we can push the news toward the end because I know there's a few things in here definitely want to chat about. Um, yeah, sure. So sorry, folks, you get to hear me for another uh, <laughs> hour long session. Um, no, nah, I really won't be that bad, but uh, definitely getting the non video game stuff out of the way. It, it is time for uh, well, let me put a let me put a pin in that. Maybe a discussion. Uh, Chris, have you seen? the new Disney's Aladdin. No. Okay, that's question one. Question two, do you plan on seeing that movie? Eventually. Okay, question three, do you care if anything gets spoiled? Is there... Is it spoilable? That, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, well, here's the thing, man. I don't know if it's so much like story elements that'll get spoiled... But it more more like you haven't seen this movie, and I don't want to either blow up or taint the image of the movie before you see it. You know, like uh, like watching spoiler reviews, and it's not just about the plot elements. It's oh well, I know how this movie's gonna feel. Um, if you would rather not, I can keep it spoiler free. If you care about it, then I will. Yeah. If you don't care about it, I'll spoil it. That's fine. I'm not worried about it. Okay. All right. Well, to get a little... I mean, I don't... I can't think of... Unfortunately, that we saw this movie uh, basically a week ago. So, I I, I don't take notes in the theater. So, it's hard for me to recall everything from memory a week ago. So, even if there were plot points that are strictly different from the animated film, I don't know if I'm going to remember them all or even any of them. It's more of this this is how the this is how I took the movie and this is how the movie is compared to the animated version that I'll be talking about. So, uh, spoiler free for those who do care about that thing, about that kind of thing. Um... I'll say that on my Facebook, I usually do this silly thing where uh, movie reviews. I'll uh, I'll put like a little GameStop. I mean, sorry, GameStop. No, no GameStop. You do not get credit for this. This is GamePro. Uh, I put a little GamePro face review up. Just a little silly thing. Uh, just describing how I. It, okay, for those that don't know, go look up uh, GamePro. Uh, video game reviews faces and you'll see they have a little chart 
it's a I think it's like nine faces or ten faces, and it's you know point five to five one one of one point five two so so on and so forth. Basically, just giving a little sleeping face to a smile to a thumbs up to a holy crap excited face of what you feel about a movie. I gave this movie a flat out right down the middle 3.0 which for me is good in comparison to what I thought it was going to be. What I was <laughs> setting my setting myself live action movies where I was going to be folding sure. my arms the whole time and just going oh, man. Yep. I just don't care for this. This is whatever. So that's my spoiler-free review. I will be talking about Disney's Aladdin for, I don't know, several minutes, maybe 10, 15-ish. So if you don't want to have any of that spoiled or even the impressions spoiled, fast forward a bit. So, and I didn't call this uh, because I, I don't think my wife actually ever brought it up. Um, uh, as far as the week or even that weekend. It just so happened that her sister was in town and her sister was babysitting her niece and they were going to go see Aladdin. And we don't get to see her sister that often. It's kind of one of those things where when she comes into town, like we try to go see her or have her come over or spend at least one afternoon or night with her. So she was like, yeah, we're going to go see Aladdin. So y'all want to go? And I was like, I don't know, and I don't even think my wife was really against it. She didn't bring, you know, she didn't really give a yay or nay to the movie. It was more that, yeah, we'll come hang out with you. You know, we'll go watch the movie with you. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, what a, this is a situation for me to be in. Like, I don't want to see the movie, but I do want to see her sister, and I want to hang out with her, and... I'm gonna be an I'm gonna be an asshole if I say no, but I really don't want to see the movie. Uh, I was like, well, you know what? Fuck it. We'll just go see it. It it is what it is. It's a movie, whatever. And um, yeah, I started being super critical right off the bat. I just I I cannot help that. I don't know if I ever will be able to help that. Um, you, uh, folks, you can go to our previous episode and you can hear us talk about, uh, a little bit about the Disney's Aladdin, the 2019 Disney's Aladdin live action remake. But to reiterate some of the points is that I'm just an old fuddy duddy and I like, I don't like change, especially when you already have an adaptive source material, when you're trying to adapt from an original source material, especially something like Aladdin. And not solely pointing the blame finger at Will Smith or at the live version of Genie, but more like that was Robin Williams' character. And I know, look, this is something else I thought of later, Chris. There are tons of these Disney characters that have had their voice actors and they are mm -hmm. no longer with us. You know, Robin Williams is very special. He was an awesome man, but he is not the only, um, um, character in disney that had a voice tied to him and they are not alive anymore i get that but it's just still more that from the look of this genie to the attitude to the the fun that this disney that this this genie brought you just can't it's it's robin williams it's 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 his genie so I tried my best last episode to back off of that because I don't want, that's not my only problem. It's also that I have watched a lot of these other Disney adaptations and went, 
I don't, just for lots of reasons, I don't really care for this live adaptation. It just doesn't have the same magic that the first one did. So, started being very critical of this one right off the bat. Uh, it has an opening that's a slight, it's, I mean, within the first two minutes, it starts being way different than the animated version. But then it goes into the Arabian Night song, and okay, it was it was done all right. I'm going to say this now, Chris. I'm going to get this part out of the way, because I don't want to have to repeat this for the next seven, eight songs throughout this movie. It's hard, if unless I splice in audio within these segments to, to, to convey my point, but... A lot of these Disney movies, if we're let, let's take Aladdin as an example, from uh, a whole new world to Arabian Nights to Prince Ali, all of these songs had the the beats and the tempo. If I'm using these words correctly, had their own style. You know, like Arabian Nights was da 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 da. Okay. And then, like, uh, all these other songs had these, they had their own special tempo, their own special cadence to them. Almost all of these songs in this remake, while they tried their best to get the lyrics down, while also adding some new lyrics, they all had this one-two beat to them. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, they all had to go, boom, tsh, boom, tsh. Instead of being like da 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 da, I I could hear it when I heard the song from the live action playing. I could hear the whimsical, flowing, offbeat yet magical tempo of the song. And every time I heard the live action, I, I also heard the live action in my ear. And it's just like one two one two one two. That's that's the best way I can explain that. I hope that makes sense to you and to people, but that's one of the one of the overarching problems that I've had throughout all these Disney live action films. It's like they go for this basic, Chris, I guess. They go for this basic music uh formula for all these songs. And that's not like uh uh, this here's an example when Lion King comes out because apparently I'm probably gonna go see that one. Um, uh, Hakuna Matata, or uh, uh, you know what? No, I want to say Circle of Life. You could probably argue Circle of Life has a one two, but Hakuna Matata doesn't. It's more like a boom to boom to boom to boom. But they're gonna make it like a boom. Boom! T- p- I don't know. It's this is nitpicky. I get it. And much like I'm not a, I'm not educated in movies. I'm also not educated in music. But it's just something I've noticed. It's it. Uh, what's the word that we use whenever you see a video homogenized? It seems like the music gets homogenized. Anyway. So the movie starts off a little different and then it goes into Arabian Nights and I'm already hearing that one, two, one, two beat. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Another movie where they it's whatever. But it's it's Will Smith singing the song. It's not the shopkeeper 
that's like, oh, come here, check this lamp out. And I don't know, Chris, I think I'd, I'd have to look it up, but I, I did Robin Williams do the voice of the shopkeeper at the beginning of the movie? I don't know. Maybe he did. But I don't I don't think he did. There was some some voice actor. That that's completely wrong. Anyway, the movie starts off different. And even this even the the song is different because it's sung by Will Smith, who we know is to Genie. So whatever. I'm already kind of getting that folded arm, like I'm just gonna sit through it and watch it and who knows, maybe it'll surprise me, but it's it's gonna be another one of those that they've changed too much, they've added too much, they've it's not gonna feel right. Long and short of it, at the end of the day, when I left that theater, I was like, all right, that wasn't bad. That was not horrible. Was it what I picked the uh, original animated film? Oh, yes. Is that nostalgia talking? Uh, not really. But this movie, I felt, I think this has been so far the best live action film that they've done. We'll put it that way. I've watched the other ones with me, uh, with my wife, and most of the other ones, if not all the other ones, have been like, eh, I didn't care for that at all. This one was, all right, that was, that was entertaining. Uh, the, so, I keep saying I don't want the main issue to be <laughs> Genie, but I, I talk too much about Genie. Um... So, the, okay, there there are some things other than Genie that weren't exactly correct. For example, uh, the Sultan. If you ha- if you remember the Sultan from the animated film, Chris, he was aloof mm-hmm. almost. He was a little goofy ish, but he also still he used his power when it came time. You know, when it came time for him to you know stomp his foot and say this is how it's going to be, he would do that. But it seemed most of the time he was this kind of carefree, aloof sultan. The sultan in this film, Chris, not that way. He's got a deep voice. He's commanding. He speaks truisms and power. That's him. So I didn't care for that on one hand. On the other hand, the way his character was, was continued throughout the movie. You know, they went with his style and they kept it that way. And the style that they picked, taking it away from the animated film, it worked. And that's kind of the gist of all the stuff in this movie. Man, from the magic carpet to Genie to, you know, Prince Ali coming into the in the city and having the Prince Ali, my fabulous he, Ali Abba, all that stuff. All these things, while even if they had their own style, they and they or they may have been changed or added to a little bit or taken away from a little bit, they still actually all worked in an entertaining way you know they were still the 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 moments that were supposed to be fun even though they were changed or changed a little bit or a lot they were still fun you know they were still entertaining all that said yes talk about genie this was a big one and it uh, Robin Williams aside, I still wanted to know what are y'all going to do to this genie? Because even if, again, Robin Williams aside, the genie that I know and understand and loved was super fucking wacky. 
You know, think Bugs Bunny would take a damn mallet and smash something. Like, he's just he's just goofy. He's a cartoon character, and he knows he's a cartoon character. So how does the Will Smith genie stack up to that? He definitely Will Smiths it up. Uh, as in, he has a lot of sass in his voice when he talks. But he also did a decent job of being cartoony. I feel like they lent, I feel like they leaned more into the CG aspect of him than they did the the cartoony version. Let me put that another way. I think they relied so much on the budget of the of the CG of making him realistic, while you know he he looks like a realistic genie. You know, from the torso up, he looks like a big buff dude with blue skin. But on the bottom, it's just a cloud. They got that part right. But I can't remember too many times that he, like, poofed and changed into something. And then poof, changed Mm -hmm. into something else. And then poof, like, made his arms super huge. And, you know, that slapstick animation comedy. There were a few points in the movie where he did that. But it wasn't to the Robin Williams genie of like every other scene he's doing something wacky um but as a whole i feel that version of genie was okay it fit into that movie and played well for that genie there were times where i laughed there were some emotional heartstring times here and there uh, not too many times where I was wowed, but I'm also a 37 year old man. I'm not, you know, 12 watching Aladdin. So I, I get that's not going to happen. And I also get that this movie wasn't made for me. So taking that genie as it was, okay, he did an all right job. Uh, it's, I, I don't even, I don't even know if it's fair to compare him to the Robin Williams one. It's sure. honestly not because these are, these are close enough to the words of two different genies but for his character and his genie i was like all right man okay okay was, you you entertained me the movie as a whole had several times where they either directly quoted the movie or they got close enough to the line that they were trying to put the spirit of what was said or what was inferred into it and i was like okay that uh, okay you, you at least went for what the original was trying for um none of this i'm I'm keeping this i'm keeping this movie level field though because nothing in this movie made me go oh man oh i can't wait to tell chris about this i was totally wrong it was more like all right okay i'm not mad you know i'm not upset i was i was i had a few laughs got some chuckles had some pretty cool wow moments and that's way more than what i thought it was going to be so, uh, what I recommend it. Oh, oh, I also got to point out just like a lot of these modern mm-hmm. Disney films. Yes, they do. Some of the songs do get a little poppy, not much, not over much, but yeah, that, that, that does exist in this one as well. But, um, so what I recommend this movie, I will say this, if you want to take your child to see this, um, I don't even know if I, I don't even, I don't, don't even know if I want to say whether or not that child has seen the original, uh, Aladdin. 
because I I don't know. That's up to you. But move this movie by itself, yeah, sure. Kids will get a kick out of it. Lots of lots of good, lots of color, lots of lots of musical moments, lots of lots of stuff for kids to be entertained by. Uh, if are are you an adult and no i'm not talking are you 37 you know are you 24 25 whatever are you an adult paying your bills going to work and you've never seen the original will you go see this uh i don't know if this is something you'd probably want to go you know search the theaters out for but you may have a good time with it you know i don't necessarily know if this it i much like the other ones, I don't know if this truly captures the Disney magic feel for me. So if you're looking for movies that do that, I'd say you, I, I would suggest you just go find the animated films, period. But as a regular film, yeah, you might be good till it comes out on uh, Amazon, you know, digital or Netflix or whatever, or uh, Redbox, whatever. Now, are you an adult in any adult range and have seen the original animated film, whether you, whether it's your favorite or you've only seen it one time, I would say this right here, let this one be your judgment point. The sad part is, is if you watch this one and you go, you know what? I really, really love the animated Aladdin and this movie was okay. You kind of need to stop for a minute <laughs> because, in my opinion, they don't get any better <laughs> whatever other ones you go to. But I would say this is a testament to Disney to a slight degree of me giving them credit and that credit being, okay, you guys have the potential to make these okay. You know, I'm not, I wasn't mortified. I wasn't like, oh, they ruined another Disney film. I was like, all right, not, not bad. So that's good. <laughs> uh, in any event, just to, just to, to flat out, man, of it not being bad, and I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I wasted my money. You know, I didn't storm out the theater going, "Man, I'm sick and tired of these live action ones." Um, we haven't discussed it, my wife and I, yet, but I think uh, the Lion King is going to be the next one on the block, and that's that's also yeah. going to be a toughie. That's really going to be a toughie because. This is something else I thought when I saw some pictures for, uh, I guess there's their new uh, trailers slash posters out for The Lion King. And I don't know. the When you watch The Lion King, the animated film, the physical design of the characters, of the lions, both the lions and the cubs, they look like a lion yes you know Mufasa is a lion on four legs with yellow fur and a red mane and that he looks like a lion but if you see a lion in a cage Mufasa in the movie doesn't act like that you know he doesn't have that thing where you know animals are just like doing their own thing and they're looking around and blinking and they there's something catches their attention you know that's something that a lot of these animal movies the live action animal ones they 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 do a okay job of 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 doing like they'll 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 put a camera on a dog and yeah they'll get the voice down and they'll get the mouth movement down but dogs are just fucking Dude, they're fucking, their tongues hanging out and they're looking all over the place and just being a dog. Well, 
when I see these trailers or these posters mainly for The Lion King, I, I wonder, I'm like, how is the entire thing CG or did they film live lions and put the mouth in? Like, uh, I don't know. I didn't, I never felt like Lion King, the animated film, was trying to one-on-one uh, be a live action lion. But with these CG movies, with these live action movies, that is exactly what they're trying to do. You know, when I see the poster and I see Simba on there, I'm like, wow, that's just a fucking lion cub. <laughs> you know, that doesn't look like a Simba. That just looks like a regular old lion cub. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm hey, I said I'm probably not gonna go see Aladdin, but I also said, but you know, if my wife wants to go see it, I'm gonna go see it. It wasn't even her. I went and saw it any damn way. So I'm just saying I'm probably gonna see a Aladdin- uh Lion King whenever it comes out. Uh so yeah, that's uh kind of satisf- that satisfies my non gaming talk for the week. The gaming is actually gonna be much shorter, oh, probably. Because I've only I've only truly played about two games. Um, I did finish um, Star Ocean, the original one, and let me tell you, man, that got that game got super fucking difficult. You know what? Let me pull my notes up. I just now remembered. <laughs> I took notes nice. on this. So uh, when I last left off, I forget where I was in the game, but. I did take some notes, and it was from whatever I talked about last time, too. I, I beat the game. Um, something I noticed about this game, it, do, it, it does a fairly decent job. Um, it was very good about narratively telling you about details that you might have missed. For example, uh, uh, spoiler warning for Star Ocean just in case folks but fairly early on in the game uh or uh, maybe a third half i i honestly forget uh but you end up going through basically a, a time uh, a, a time machine or a time portal whatever and there's two characters in front of you and then there's you and a character next to you the they open the time portal Okay, uh, and okay. Well, actually, I don't know if it's a t- is it a time portal <laughs> or is it a teleportation place? Shit, I mean, that's a pretty big distinction. <sighs> yes, it is. Well, let me. I forget. Let me get. The, the, it's not not even the point of it. So the two people in front of you, like the it the, the it opens up. And the two people in front of you are walking, and you're walking behind them. They step through the portal, but there's steps leading up to the portal, okay? The two people in front of you step up, step up, step up, step through. You and the girl next to you, uh, Iria is her name, she's walking with you. She step up, step up, trips, and then you look down at her and help pick her up and then y'all continue to step up step up and you go through when you land you and her are right next to each other you're looking around you're looking around you're like oh shit where's so and so and so and so and 
I asked myself the same question. I was like, oh, man, there's Iria. There's me. Where are the other people? Where are the two that were right in front of me? And when she gets up, in case you missed it, I didn't. It was clearly shown. But in case you missed it, and in case you needed something there to just give you a little hand nudge to help push the story along, she goes, well, they walked in front of us, and I did trip, so they went through before me. Maybe that meant that they got displaced somewhere else. If we had all walked through the same exact, inferring that if you all had went through the same exact time, you would have landed the same place. But because she tripped, they went through a few seconds before her. Uh... All those words I just said, they didn't she didn't add she didn't add all that. She gave a one or two sentence of this is what this is possibly what happened. And you can remember, because it just happened, you can think back to it and go, Yeah, she did. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay. This game is littered with that. If there are times where something needed to be explained without having a super there there weren't like super crazy names and super crazy laws and out there and this game is not this is not a Kojima game if there were times where something came up that you went wait a minute this doesn't make sense they narratively had a way to to gently not forcibly not point their finger directly at it but narratively go here's a little push here's just a little bit of detail a little bit of push for you to keep it on going so it was nice to go through an RPG like this that had so many story elements, but was still able to keep track of them because not only was I able to pick up on what was going down, the times where I didn't, there was always a little bit of something there to guide me on. And it was almost like every point always had something to guide you on and just push you and give you a little bit more explanation. It's just I didn't always need it. But when I did, it was there. And I thought that was that was very nice. Throughout this game, I saw multiple instances of that happening. The area tripping thing, that was just one. There's 20, did, 30 other ones. Did you not feel like it took away from it? In other words, you know, too much hand-holding? No. Nope. Because that's the great thing. This They didn't, like, turn their characters to the screen and tell you directly, you know... One plus one is two because that's the law. Mm. It was they just gave you a little bit of story, a little bit, a few extra words to go. This is what that meant. It it wasn't necessarily hand holding. It was more like looking your way and kind of nodding the head, you know, more like oh, sure. yeah, over there, you know, not the answer is this. This is exactly how it is supposed to be. It's like. They could think about it this way. And you went, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Uh, and again, this was this kind of had me worried because the beginning of this game uh started going places like Xenogears E places. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be another one of those games where it's the shit's gonna be spread all over the place. It's gonna be a gigantic spider web of plot and story, and I'm not I'm gonna get lost. And no, without holding my hand without directly without telling me something was cool it showed me and i caught on to it and i like that good this this is a good this was a good enix game right here uh let's see uh i'm gonna just read these off verbatim party member goes into town to ask for information separate from you 
there in the town asking around. And every time you come in and out of a door, they have moved and are asking someone <laughs> different. This was a cool little detail that they did yeah. not have to do, but they did. So that same person, Iria, we went into a town and at the at the gateway, we separated and she was like, yeah, I'm going to go in town and go ask around. You should do the same. And we went in a town. And when I went into the actual town as a transit screen transition, there she was walking around town. And I talked to her. She's like, yeah, you should go ask somebody or yeah, I'm looking I'm looking around. I wonder if she'll be here. I went into like a, a house, found somebody, asked them, talked to them. They mentioned they didn't see these people I was talking about. I came out and that character was talking to somebody. And I said, I went up to her and she's like, yeah, this person doesn't know either. I went into the inn. I talked to the inn person, said, no, I don't want a room. Found somebody in a room, talked to them. They said, no, I haven't seen these people you're talking about. I left the inn. The character was away somewhere else talking to another character. And I was like, that's this is a Super Nintendo game. And that is some incredible detail that I was not expecting mm-hmm. from this. This game is littered with little, little details like that. Little bitty moments. They're not everywhere. We're not talking, um, uh, think of Breath of the Wild, but that's not an accurate uh, uh, comparison. This game isn't littered with these, but there are a few times where I was just, for lack of a better word, I was just impressed about the the, the little details yeah. that they put in this game. Um. Oh, so there was a scene where the main character and Iria were talking about one of those two characters, and this it cut to those two characters, and the girl sneezes, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, somebody must have been." They didn't. I don't even think they said. I don't think she said somebody was talking about me. I think it just screen cut to her, and she was sneezing, and then the story moved on. As in, somebody was talking about you. It's right. a, kind of a thing if you think somebody's talking about you. So I was like, that's, again, a little detail. Didn't have to put it in there. And it kind of had a little bit of comedy to it. So I just want to um, point out real quick. That was a note on the... Shield Hero totally does that in uh-huh. an episode. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The sneezing thing. Gotcha. Talk about a negative thing right here. Actually, I'm going to put in a few negatives here. Um, 20 item cap. Yeah. Chris, that was a bit of a shocker to me. I didn't care for that because I didn't care for that as the game progressed because I am that guy that will buy 99 fucking high potions every time mm-hmm. I go to a town until the next level potion comes up and I will buy as many of those until I can buy 99. I've always been that guy. If I go through an entire dungeon and I use, you know, 64 high potions, when I go to the item store, I'm buying enough to cap it back out. Um, I realize there's a lot to say in that. You know, you shouldn't need all that. You know, control your party better, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> 20 items as a cap. An enemy hits me, I have 200 hit points. An enemy hits me, I have... Uh, I have 200 hit points max. An enemy hits me, they take off 60 hit points. They hit me again, take mm-hmm. off another 60. And you get the idea. That's one fight. Now, that's, we'll say, 
40, 50 encounters in one dungeon. Needless to say, I'm going to have to go back into town and buy some items. That sucked. I didn't care for that at all. Now, there is an ability that you can get with your characters later on. I believe it's called Pigeon. And basically, you can, in a dungeon, uh, call a, a pigeon <laughs> basically to you. And that pigeon so acts like the, a store. Which I. Th- why yeah. have the limit then? I don't know. I don't know why the item limit is there. I don't get it. But I finally found that workaround by, honestly, by complete accident. Uh, There is a lot of skill-ups in this game. Sorry, let me rephrase that. There is a skill system in this game. And leveling up your skills, uh, if you level up enough of them, can level up, like, stats almost. So... As I was leveling things up, I would f- I would have abilities unlocked and wouldn't go check them and I would just keep going. Like I I was that guy that would wait till I had four or five, six hundred skill points and then start buying mm-hmm. things like spend two, spend three, spend eight, but spend twelve. And as I'm doing that, I'd get an ability here and there and I'd just kind of blow it off and keep going. Well, I did it one time and went to go find one of the abilities that I unlocked. And I, as I was scrolling through the things, I saw one that said pigeon. And it was, what? It was like, yeah, you can call a, you basically call a store while you're in a dungeon. I was like, well, shh. Glad I found that out with, you know, at almost yeah. at the end of the game, which, which is basically when I did find it. And that sucked. But hey, I'll put some of that on me. I should have paid more attention to what I was unlocking. If I did, I would have known that and maybe it would have made my life a little bit better. Um so the game does start getting difficult. Uh as in requiring you to grind. There was uh an abandoned mine that I went through. That place was sheer fucking death. Uh that was actually early in the game. This is something I didn't care for. I, f- I found a little mini quest that said that I could go to this cave, which was the abandoned mine. And I did. And I was only like level eight, nine. There are level 50 or 60 monsters in here. Wasn't told, had no way of knowing and got wiped. And it was like, man, what the fuck? And then I went back in just to make sure, found a different set of enemies, and got wiped. So that was crazy. Uh, another little positive note, something that was pretty cool. Uh, I went to a town and basically did a little mini Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons game with this character. Okay. Uh, just talking to this little girl, and she was like, hey, do you want to play this game? And I was like, sure. And she was like, you're walking through a dungeon. And blah. it was basically a little like a little choose-your-own-adventure mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, I mean, we're only talking like four or five things total, but it was it was like out of nowhere, and it was pretty cool. You can find an item, and you can use that item on an enemy. And I was like, eh, again, I wasn't expecting this, but I got it. Um... Then I hit a wall, and it was a super pissed... This this was when I found the pigeon item, and by this point, I was so pissed off. I don't know if I was going to quit the game, but I, it was more like, I'm not going to fucking let this game beat me. Uh, but I was in a dungeon, 
with enemies that could only be damaged with magic. Mm. However, the town to go back to to go buy more magic replenishing items was way away. The puzzles inside required a lot of walking around. So you so not only would you have to walk all the way back through the dungeon and you can't attack anything if you're out of MP and out of MP replenishing items, you have to walk through this place running, you get hit when you run. Uh, and then you have to track through screen after screen after screen way, way, way back to get to a town to buy 20 items. We'll say 40 because there was two MP restorative items. But go all the way back to the dungeon and fight a bunch of enemies that can only be damaged by magic. Those are two things that should not have been in the same place. That was That's not a good way to do something like that. Um. So what it was is there were lots of puzzles inside of this dungeon and you're walking all over the place trying to find where to go, trying to find where a key is, trying to find where this is, trying to find where that is. And you're trying to transition between five screens and you're getting attacked by 15 different encounters, all of which you can only use magic. And it's either use magic or get your shit kicked in as you're as you're running away. So there were way too many times, Chris, where I, I, I would get, if there were 30 puzzles in this place, I would figure out two and have to go all the way back to town, buy items, come back, solve one more puzzle. And again, you just have to put your mind frame. I'm having to walk all mm -hmm. over the place. It's not, aha, that's the red key. I know where the red door is. It's it's not like that. It's like, where the fuck am I supposed to go in here? Where's, what is my reference? What 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 thing do I need to do? Uh, well, I now I'm coming back and not even figuring out a puzzle. I'm coming back just to wander. And that was taking a toll on me. That really was. Uh... But I finally found, by accident, the pigeon item, and that helped out. I was able to start buying items and push my way through, and that made it a little bit better. Um, the final dungeon and the final area and the final boss, all of the final stuff in this game was very tough. I spent a lot of time grinding, but again, at this point, with being able to buy shit, it made it a little bit bearable. But the end game for me, someone who did not put 600 hours into this and thoroughly there are a lot of things I could have done Chris I could have went through and thoroughly read all the skills and maxed everything out and and really put together a dynamic kick-ass team I could have Final Fantasy Tactics this game but I was trying to do the basic stuff and just get through the game and that that started to be extremely difficult but I finally made it through I finally beat it uh, nice ending, you know, for a Super Nintendo game. It was it's capped off everything just just fine, and uh, yeah, still at the end of the day, even with all the negative things that I mentioned about this game, I still recommend it. It was definitely a surprise for me as a Super Nintendo RPG. It's just another testament of why this is my favorite console. I love this game and I love the RPGs that it produces. Uh, looking over the list of to, of to plays, I still have a good five or ten other RPGs that I need to get into 
that half of those I didn't even know existed. So I've got plenty of more RPGs for the Super, for the Super Nintendo to get into in the future. Immediately after that, um, I went into mm-hmm. the list and did the whole random <laughs> thing and landed on uh, Drill Dozer for the okay. Game Boy Advance. Uh, this is a platforming puzzle-ish game. The idea, the 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 gimmick, uh, if if I can use a negative-ish word, is your character is on this uh, little rideable mech. It's not a super bipedal walking mech. It's, it looks like a round disc on the screen, and it has a you have a drill. And you use that drill to navigate through the levels. There are objects that have to be drilled through. There are objects that you have to drill in one way and then drill out the other. There are objects where you latch onto it with your drill. And then by slamming it in reverse, you can jump off and a little higher to another area. Uh, it has a cute little story. I do feel sometimes the the story jumps in a little bit too much, but not in a game-killing way. But, yeah, there are upgrades you can get. You can upgrade your drill. You can upgrade your health. There are upgrades you can buy as you collect different currencies throughout the game. Has a little bit of... Uh, uh, there, there are going to be times where you're going to where you're going to want to go back into levels you've already beaten because now you've had a, you have a drill bit that will let you drill into harder uh, surfaces, stuff like that. So replayability and going back into levels definitely a thing that you're going to want to do. Uh, not only for finding, mainly because you want to find new area, uh, new items, but also new areas can get unlocked when you can use your upgrades. I'm. I don't know how many bosses I'm into. I want to say it says one, two, three, four, five. I'm like seven or eight individual levels into the game, if that's counted a tutorial. I don't know how how much further I've got, but all in all, I'm enjoying it. The gameplay is is addictive. It's fun. Uh, they ease you into the new mechanics. You know, every one of them has a, hey, that block looks dip, looks weird. This is what you do, and it's it if works, it's fine. Uh, bright colors, not super difficult. It's challenging when it needs to be. I've had a couple bosses where I was like, uh, one was, I don't really know what to do. Oh, oh, well, duh, I figured it out. And the other was, oh, my timing has to be better. And then my timing got better and I beat the boss. So, uh, I've seen, I've seen the drill dozer game on a few other instances. I don't know if I had a remake or a sequel or what, but I have seen this before. I've just never gotten around to it. And since I'm making this some kind of backlog year, I finally got to it and I'm enjoying it. Can't really say what I'll work on next because just like, uh, so, uh, just like drill dozer, Mm -hmm. it was random. So when I beat this, I'm going to randomly pick something else and, who knows? It may be a game I don't like. It may be a game I beat in two hours. It may be another RPG. I don't even know what console it'll be on or what system it'll be on. But yeah, so far, Chris, surprisingly, I'm doing pretty good with my backlog year. I'm I'm sticking yeah. to it, uh, and that's good. So I think, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it for my week, man. All right. 
Well, jumping into mine, uh, mine might be a little bit longer. Um, let's totally see. fine. Uh, didn't watch anything TV as far as you know typical TV or movies, but I did watch some anime. Now, the first one, um, was Goblin Slayer, which Adam talked about before, and uh, the whole setting of it and kind of the gritty premise. I'd heard about it before you even mentioned it, about how gritty it was. It made me curious to, you know, go check it out. Um, and Shield Hero is one of those episodic, as you mentioned. So I've watched the last couple of those, and it's it's interesting. Um, but, you know, I was looking for something else to watch on there and ended up watching Goblin Slayer. Boy. People aren't kidding with how graphic and brutal it is. Um, <laughs> so what I hear, this is something I hear a lot about yeah, this show. I, I expected, you know, like the blood and gore, but it goes beyond that. Um, I really, I really like the flow of the show. And this is the first season's done. They say there will be a second one. Um, but it hasn't even started. But the first season is really a standalone thing, I think. Um, regardless of how they connect mm-hmm. it to season two, season one is a start to finish uh, thing, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, I've, I lost the word I was going to use anyway. Um, but. So the premise, for those of you that don't know what it's about, uh, as the title says, it's about slaying goblins. But it focuses on one character in particular who actually goes by the name Goblin Slayer because that's all he does. Mm-hmm. Um, in this world of fantasy, and this, and Adam confirmed this to me because I definitely got this feeling while watching it, but it's based on a D&D campaign uh, that someone did. Uh, hmm. and you definitely get that feeling because they're adventurers. I, I didn't quite realize this until most way through. I was like, have they said a single name? Because I don't think they do. Interesting. It's like, okay, he's Goblin Slayer. Uh, that's, she's the priestess. Uh, that's an elf. That's a, you know, this, that's a, that, the, uh, the person that runs the guild, she's the receptionist. I don't think they ever gave a name. I'd be really curious to go back now and actually look. Um, but once I noticed it, I was like, yeah, I haven't heard a single name. I only had a couple episodes left at that point, but <laughs> um, it's it was fascinating when I realized that um, because everybody's so, especially in D&D too, you know, it's kind of like, well, everybody has a name. You know, everybody's somebody yeah. in the thing. But then... Yeah. If you think about it, there's so many people that it's just like, yeah, that's the barkeep. That's, you know, the uh, serving wench or whatever. You know, they don't they don't have names. Their names don't matter. Uh, But main characters typically do. And that's kind of funny where they don't. It's like, oh, you're a magic user. okay, Or, you know, he's a wizard, you know, that type of stuff, kind of identifying them by what they do. Um, neat, uh, thing to do. Uh, but so the, and the season follows Goblin Slayer through his adventures with, uh, another character introduced with at the beginning. 
and expands upon it, etc. Um, like I mentioned, good flow. Uh, did get a little predictable towards the end with kind of, you kind of can see how things are progressing. Um, but it was still done well and it was still a satisfying end to the season. Um, if not sort of anticlimactic. <laughs> hmm. um, it, it was still good, though. Um, it just wasn't... What's the word? There was action. Mm, how can I put this without spoiling anything? Yes. It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be difficult to do that because with the amount of with the amount of attention to the gore and the attention to the severity of the plights that they are put into, mm-hmm. you you really gotta balance that at the end with a oh yes and not just a well it's over. Yeah. It, there was action, but it wasn't the action expected. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some things that, even though kind of the general theme was, uh, you know, predictable towards the end, there were things you were expecting that didn't happen and things happened a different way than expected. Um, but that's fine. Like I said, ended good. Uh, yeah. Would recommend to watch it if you can handle very dark type stories like they go through. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me ask, did you... Is this an ongoing series or is it done? Well, the first season is done, and they said there was going to be a second. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So I don't know if the second one will follow the same character, if it's going to follow something else, you know? It'd be kind of hard to follow with something else, you know, in so-called Goblin Slayer. <laughs> um, what What ended better for you? The ending of Goblin Slayer or Game of Thrones? Uh, wow. Goblin Slayer. Okay. Woo. Yeah. And, and there's a specific that long pause. <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to think. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's. Yeah, let's not go there. Um. <laughs> we talked about Game of Thrones. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's one of the good things. One of the things I like about Goblin Slayer is he is very good at what he does, but he is also very human, but it is also a fantasy world. So being Mm -hmm. human doesn't mean being like normal us human, you know, it's normal fantasy human. Um, And the character growth, uh, personalities and all that between the characters. It's it's really fun to watch and definitely partway through, I definitely got that D&D feel like I was watching you know, a D&D uh, game without the dice rolls, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Like I said, would recommend it. Um, I, yeah, so after watching that, I... So there's, and I'm sure you know about it, but there's the Persona 5 anime. Persona uh-huh. 5, the animation. Um, yeah. It is, it's literally just the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, okay. I watched, I watched to the end of the first palace. And I was like, okay, there's a couple extra lines of dialogue. 
But even then, a lot of it is word for word the game. Yeah. Um, so I was like, and okay. no, no offense to the anime, I'd much rather just go play that game again. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was actually what I was going to tell you. If you watch this, be prepared to go play the game again. Because um, the first time the music kicks on, and it is the persona music <laughs> oh, from the yes. beginning of the game. And then they mm. get in fights. It's the fight music. They start summoning personas and all that. And all this music is matching up with the game. It's, it's the music from the game. And I'm like, <sighs> well, I, I just want to go play the game again. <laughs> I know, man. D- d- look, just talking about this, I'm already, I'm hearing the music in my head. I already want to go play it again. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the end of a fight sequence where they do the you know uh what's the combo thing the combo finisher called uh uh all out all out yeah um yeah when they go all out that was in there including the whole you know uh black outline blood splurt or whatever with you know the joker in the front Yeah. yeah that was seeing that in the anime i was like all right now why am I watching this? I played the game. <laughs> I could just go play the game again. And why would you watch this if you hadn't played the game? Because you should go play the game. <laughs> yes. Yes. Bad anime. Would not recommend. Stay away. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't watch very much of that. Like I said, I got to the end of First Palace just to see, get a good idea of what it was. And I was like, all right, this is cool, but I'll just play the game if I want to play the game again. Um, and if... I'm, I'm watching it right now. The uh, <laughs> they're all out of attacks. Yeah, it's the okay. It doesn't say hold up. Okay, it it says hold up, but I think that's what they say. I think it, they're just flat out all out attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. Ah. <laughs> that there's a little bit more dialogue when those happen. They're like mm-hmm. uh, all together now, or something like that, and then they do it. Or there's something. That was a smidge different, but still, you know, accomplished the same thing. Yeah. Uh, just a difference yeah. in mediums. Um, All right, let me let me get this corrected because I can't be fucking up Persona Five this er, this late in my life. Uh, okay. The holdup happens when you have enemies on the screen and you knock them all down, and right. then you can do a holdup. And if you want from there, you can do an all-out attack. Okay, right. Yeah, the all-out attack is what I'm talking about. And they did do... Yeah. They totally do the hold-up, too. Oh, man. Yeah. Chris, what do you uh, think of uh, Persona 5? Would you recommend that game? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if Yeah, you are... So this is our 94th episode? Yes, it is. Yeah, if you're in our 94th episode and you still have not played Persona 5, what the... F- what are you doing? <laughs> I, just go play that. Game. I don't have a PS4. Go get a play, dude. God of War, Bloodborne, Persona Five. Go. What are you waiting for? We'll wait. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait. All right. So you're back to the podcast. See, you, you. Well, you liked it, didn't you? I knew we knew you would. Yep. So. After that little experiment, I uh, I was a little unsure what to watch, and one of the other higher, uh, or most popular in their listings on Crunchyroll, uh, one of the higher rank- 
anime is, is a black clover. Okay. Now, the premise of this, and reading a little blurb on the anime itself, it talks about uh, the world is a world in which everyone has magic. Um, some level of magic. It's, it may be something small like, oh, I can, you know, make little fires. You know, not a lot of use other than, okay, I can start the fire at home. Or, you know, I can light lanterns or <laughs> whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It's minor, but it's still magic and everyone has it uh, in varying levels. Uh, but the main two characters uh, are orphan brothers. Um, don't know. I mean, I'm assuming they're not, you know, like blood brothers or just both orphans that were orphans at the same time. I don't know. Maybe the story tells you later on who exactly their families are. Don't know. But all we know at this point is they're two orphan boys. Um, one of them though has no magic in him at all. He cannot use magic. He trains and trains and trains and, uh, it reminded me a lot of like a, a Naruto type thing uh, with Guy and all their training, uh, physical training instead of mm-hmm. uh, chakra stuff. Um, or I should say ninjutsu stuff because I still use chakra. Um, but it's like using uh, what, what was the hand to hand combat type in Naruto? Uh, wow. Uh, well, spoiler Taijutsu. warning. Uh or behind the curtain, I guess. Truth time. I've watched four episodes of Naruto, and that's it. Okay. I haven't seen that in a uh, so little. Yeah, I want to say it's Taijutsu, um, which is what they focus on because there are, you know, issues with their ninjutsu skills or whatever. They choose to focus on that. Um, but for those that do know what I'm talking about, this character is a lot like. Uh, guy in them where they focus on the physical aspects so magic isn't required you know or ninjutsu in naruto's case um but in black clover so he is super strong he's you know knocking out a thousand one-handed push-ups and stuff like that you know he's a physical mm-hmm. badass um, but he has no magic uh, however his brother the other orphan boy uh is very skilled uh or I, I guess very skilled isn't the accurate word I want to use. He is very powerful in magic. He has mm-hmm. a lot of it within him. Um, and I watched, I don't know how many episodes. Not. I want to say, I'm actually going to pull it up real quick. Let's see if it'll show me how many episodes I watched. Because I want to say it was like six. No, I watched 11 episodes. <laughs> 11 mm. episodes. Um, they are shorter. I want to say they're only like 25, 30 minutes each. So wasn't a huge time commitment. But that's still five hours of it I watched. Um, I ended up stopping because it just... It seemed odd. Um, there was... It was much more comedic than the premise kind of... I imagined it to be, especially after watching the beginning and seeing all the serious moments that are, you know, more towards the beginning. There's some running puns that I could do without. Um, and th- I just felt like my time was being wasted at, because it, it was so much, I don't want to call it filler because I don't believe it was truly filler. 
It was just that that part of the story was so uninteresting, it felt like filler. Does that make sense? Um, the, I don't know, it, it's, it's rough, and I'm trying to think of another anime that I watched and just stopped because I didn't like it, or I wasn't enjoying it like this, and I can't think of one. Um, perhaps it day, picks up I mean, later. At the end of the day, man, if you didn't enjoy it and you weren't into it, I, you just weren't. Yeah. It's the same thing with games, man. I've had several games where it's just, yeah, I've heard a lot about this, and I just, it just wasn't my thing. Do you think yeah. maybe a second viewing later down the road would prove any different? Well, I don't think that my opinion would change very much on the episodes I've seen. Um, my curiosity is if it changes as it goes on and gets more, more serious, um, or more and or more interesting um, in upcoming mm -hmm. episodes, but I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing a lot of hope in that in what I've seen in the last few episodes. Because, so I've watched 11 episodes, I said. I want to say around the first six were interesting. Uh, let's mm -hmm. see. The first five. The first five were really interesting. And then after that, things trailed off. So, it's not... I don't know. It, it, it's very rough to say. And I don't know if I would want to dedicate the time to go through uh, more episodes and then end up, you know, wasting my time further. And the series has like 80 episodes. Mm. Uh, 85 right now. Yeah. It's still ongoing, I think. But I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of time commitment for something I may not like and how far do I go before I turn around man there are hundreds of hundreds if not thousands of animes out there for you to oh, check yeah. out man if you didn't if you didn't dig it move on it's yeah. not your fault that something didn't catch your attention it's just that it didn't that's it. and it is just that same thing with a game with anything else it just didn't grab you yeah um Let's see. So that was it for anime. Um, before I get into actual games, I did a little bit more uh, development on my uh, Twitch chatbot. Uh, I was I was getting ready to, or I was planning to stream that day. Um, but in the morning, I was messing around, or the day before, I'd been messing around with my bot, and I was dying a bunch. So I was like, you know, I need to upgrade my equipment. And I have a list of equipment on my website, so I can always reference it, you know, and, or I can just pull up the database entries or my spreadsheets and all that, all my notes, um, mm. to see what I should be upgrading. But I was like, you know what? That's inconvenient. So I took a couple of hours uh, that morning. It was, I think, last weekend. So it was in the morning. Um, and I just wrote out, you know, a new command for the bot that will tell you what the next item in your upgrade chain is, you know, based on what you're using. So if I'm using a one-handed sword, okay, well, this is the next one-handed sword, and it tells you what level you can equip it at. Um, mm -hmm. So you know which items to buy and stuff. I was going to fully automate buying, but there are some complexities there that I didn't feel like dealing with, um, you know, whether or not it can be equipped, whether or not you have money, you know, whether you buy anything or not when you can't afford all of it. 
etc. Um, and also how to deal with accessories because you're typically with a weapon, you're kind of going to stick with it, you know, because you have, uh, you gain bonuses to damage if you stick with one weapon uh, hmm. or a couple weapon types, you know, you get a bonus to damage. So there's not really a whole lot of reason to switch that. Uh, armor is a little bit more fluid, but still, once you identify kind of your character style, uh, whether or not you're wearing heavy, medium, or light armor, or a mix to get a mix of the stats, uh, you're kind of probably typically going to stick with it. Uh, but accessories are there to fill in the gaps, you know. If you're finding yourself with low accuracy, all right, well, let's find the accessories that give more accuracy and use those. But then once you level up a few more times, you put some stat points into accuracy, then you don't need the accessories anymore. And accessories mm-hmm. are expensive. So you don't want to waste money on ex- accessories that you're not going to use. Um, and you yeah. only get half your money back when you sell items back, as typical in RPGs, you know. Um, yeah. So I was like, well, I'll just keep it to a list. Keep it simple. And I wanted to play a game, you know. So I was like, let's just get this done. Check it. Okay. And then, you know, next iteration will be, okay, well, what are we going to do from here? But I was like, it's been months since I've developed anything on my bot. Uh, I have a lot of ideas, but it requires a good bit of time to sit down down and do it. Um, And not a whole lot of people use it anyway. So not a... Not a crowd, you know, uh, chomping at the bit for updates. Um, no, so it's just like kind of when podcast. I feel like it. <laughs> uh, too real, too real. Yep, too true. Um, we love you, 30, 39 subscribers, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I developed that. And that was just a quick little thing. Um, on to games. Now, before I get into, you know, Mario May stuff, I mentioned last week that Magic the Gathering Arena had some sort of story-related event that I was going to check out. What a waste of fucking time. Wow, this is that's the big first fucking thing, words, man. This is the first thing from Arena that I've just completely hated. Now, there's two reasons for this. The first is that there's absolutely nothing story-related about it. It was mm. just themed with the story, you know, which wasn't mm. even... It, was, it wasn't really themed for it. It was just they used parts of the story to divide it up. Uh, I don't know. It was, yeah, so I was very disappointed. Um in that, first of all, that there was no more story information given as you did anything. The second part was that um, I've mentioned before how there are, you know, typically weekend events and weekend, you know, three or four days, however long you want to call it. Um, but to basically, to keep simplify it, weekend events where it's something like, oh, popper decks. You can only play with common cards. No rares, mm. no mythics, etc. No uncommons, just common cards. Uh, there are uh, singleton decks where you play with only, you can only have one copy of a card per deck, period. Uh, aside from lands, of course. Um, and there are, there are a few other themes like this, but one of them, um, I can't, I don't know if it has a name other than Momir, uh, which Momir is a character in Magic. 
Uh, but the thing there is you can, once a turn, pay mana and will randomly summon a creature for that mana cost. So if mm -hmm. I play one mana and use this ability, and you have to sacrifice a card as well. Uh, so you basically, in the standard Momir format, you have nothing but land cards. You have zero creatures in your deck, zero spells, everything. You only have lands, and you, you know, based on your luck, you'll either win or lose. And that's already not a great uh, game type because it's completely random. But the other bad thing about it is the current meta has it to where, okay, well, if you survived a 10 and you get to 10 first, 10 mana, you'll probably win. Because at that point, you're just summoning uh, creatures that can't be destroyed, can't be killed. Oh. Um, which in a standard game of magic isn't a huge deal because you can exile them and do other you know spells and stuff to get rid of them. Uh, mm -hmm. But in combat, they cannot die. So if you're fighting against enemies that can die, you just attack until they're all dead and you win. You know, especially when you can do 12 damage per attack. So two hits on a standard 20 health, you know, person, they lose the game. So that's already made the mode not fun to where last time I did it a little bit just to try to get some uh, quests and stuff out of the way uh, and to make a little uh, gold from it if I could. But I miserable time and ended up losing more gold than I went back because I couldn't be bothered to play it that long. Um, nah, it sucks, man. Disappointment. But, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. and But that was just one event. That's just a weekend event, so no big deal. You know, I just won't do an event yeah. that weekend. No problem. <laughs> However, the story-related event was the Momir event modified. Now, they modified it by adding to where your deck wasn't just lands. Your deck was lands plus planeswalkers, uh, which planeswalkers are kind of a... Uh, hero cards, if you will. They're not standard creatures. Mm -hmm. They play off in their own spot on the game board, and they have their own uh, health uh, uh, ticker, counter, and they have mm -hmm. special abilities. And you can pay their health. The, uh, it's called loyalty. Uh, you can pay loyalty on them to use these abilities. Um, sometimes you earn loyalty for them. Uh, typical Planeswalkers will have what are called plus and minus abilities. Plus ability okay, you draw a card or something. You know, something minor, simple, uh, but you get another loyalty, and then when you... or And you'll have a, you know, minus two uh, a cost thing. All right, well, you can destroy a creature that flies or, you know, something. You can get rid of something or do something for this two loyalty on it. So you have to... And they can be attacked by creatures. So you have to balance out their health at this point, their loyalty, to be able to use these abilities. And then... Typical Planeswalkers up to this point have also had what's called an ultimate. It'll be like minus 7, minus 8, minus 10, to where you have to get a lot of loyalty on them. Some of them start higher than others as well, but you have to get a lot of loyalty on it, which is very difficult to do in these, you know, fast-paced games, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and then, basically, you win the game because you get an emblem that gives you some ability, like Maya Johnny deck. The plane, one of the planeswalkers I have in there is all right, minus eight, and then at the end of my turn, it summons three one one creatures. So every turn, I'm getting three creatures for free. Sure, they're one ones, but they can block 
I can buff them with other things. If I couple that with uh, another card, they'll be summoned as 4-4 flyers instead. So that's... Mm. You're hard-pressed to lose the game when that happens unless you were already right about to lose. And they can, you know, just barely squeak it out before you start regaining your uh, stuff. And I think they have lifelink as well, which means you gain life every time they uh, hit something. Which means you chump block with them and you're gaining life at the same time. Um, So Mimir... And with the... If you could build your decks... This wouldn't be a huge deal. You know, pick your Planeswalkers you want to use, etc. But it's literally every Planeswalker they introduce in this expansion. So you have 36 mm-hmm. random Planeswalkers on top of your random creatures you're getting from the Momir ability or theme, whatever you want to call it, gimmick. So you have random creatures, random Planeswalkers, a lot of which, you know, me personally, I don't know much about them because I haven't played a whole lot with the expansion. Um, and I don't have a lot of the Planeswalkers yet from my card draws. So I'm getting Planeswalkers, I'm like, okay, well, this is okay. And then my opponent gets, you know, like a combo of three Planeswalkers that's essentially unbeatable without, you know, counters and specific cards in a deck. Random summoned creatures aren't going to (laughs) help. So it made Momir even worse for me than it already was. I went in, I won... One out of, I want to say seven or eight games before I finally said, all right, I'm getting nowhere and I'm wasting my time. I'm done. Uh, and it wasn't even about winning. I, I can play and win or lose. Of course, I want to win, but I'll keep playing after losing too. It's yeah. part of the game and getting better at it. But there's no reason to lose over and over in a mode where learning doesn't really help because it's RNG. Your creatures are random and planeswalkers are random. So yeah. do they get lucky or you're not lucky? That's it. Yeah. And I, after, you know, the seventh or eighth game, however many it was, I was like, all right, well, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed and done. Let's move on and play something else. I think my total, I just had it up a minute ago. I think my total was like an hour, an hour and a half. And not even all that was playing. So probably about an hour 15 total of playing this mode was all it took. And eight games in an hour 15, that's pretty fast. So these weren't even long games either. Because a lot of them, it's like, okay, well, I'm set up to lose. So I'm just going to stop. I'm going to, you know, concede the match. Um, My only win was somebody that conceded against me when they probably would have (laughs) won. If they'd hung in. Uh... But I guess they thought I had, I knew more of them or had better cards than I had or knew more about what I was doing than I did because I looked at the board and I went, well, I'm probably going to lose in a few turns, but let's at least play to get more, more familiar with the cards. But yeah, I, I try. I wanted to go for at least two hours because this was uh, after recording the podcast, so it was a bit late anyway. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, well, calling it there. <laughs> Not having fun. Chris. Random (sighs) pop quiz. Whenever you hear Mimir, what other game immediately comes to mind? Uh, Mm, This is a good one. I'm I'm going blank right now. Put me on the spot. 
Mimir. Um, God of War. Oh, right, yeah. Yep. Because every time you kept saying Mimir, I was thinking, God of War? <laughs> yeah, I think it's even spelled the same. M-O-M-I-R. Might have been. I think so, yeah. He's tainted the name of Mimir. <laughs> Arena has, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so they... I don't know when the second part of it started. I think it's today. The second part of this, you know, story event that's not story related at all begins. But it's Popper, which is the, you know, commons only. So I'm totally going to play it uh, because the rewards are glass style card skins. Hmm. And it costs nothing to enter this event, by the way. So when I was playing, it was miserable. At least I wasn't losing gold. And you can win gold, too. At uh, a certain number of wins. But you have to get like okay. 16 wins to max out the event. But it's okay. free, so not a big deal. Yeah. Um, popper, I'm totally going to play more because the Popper mode I, I enjoy. Um, because it it's hard to get all those mythic and rare cards, you know, to build the, you know, meta decks or to counter the meta decks. Or how, you know, high level play is difficult. Yeah. Uh, as a free player, or mostly free, I should say. I can't say I'm a free player anymore. Paid 50 bucks at the expansion I'm, drop. Um, <laughs> but I'm Popper... Go ahead and, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Popper is a fun game mode. Uh, so, And there are a couple of the game modes I really like, and Popper is one of them. So I actually played a game earlier mm-hmm. and won uh, with my red deck just to see how the uh, competition was going to be for this event because <laughs> sometimes it's brutal even with commons people have these super uh, meta decks which all these game modes have their own metas too uh, there's actually a card banned in this this event uh petitioners which people would just play a deck of them you know because you can have unlimited instead of the typical four of one kind of card so you could have it's probably 40 or 30 uh, petitioners and then the rest are lands and you just put them out and each one buffs another uh, or actually they don't buff each other in this particular case you can uh, make your opponent discard up to 12 cards if you have four of them out so you quickly run out of cards and get milled and lose the game uh, mm-hmm. so I thought it was cool to see that they actually banned the card from the event uh, uh, I the other one like that is the uh, rat colony, which they buff each other. So it starts as a 1-1, one, one, and then you put another one out. Now they're both 2-2s, two, put another one out. They're all 3-3s, three, etc. So it yeah. gets really overwhelming really fast. Uh, but yeah, the reward, going back to what I was saying, are the stained glass, like, you know, the whole the church window where there's a bunch of different color glass things to make up the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. They look pretty cool. Uh, thankfully, there weren't any, I don't think on the last event that I would have forced myself through the event for. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm probably going to do this one to earn all of them <laughs> when I have See, the time. This is why, this is why you should get in a, back into Final Fantasy 14, man. You can get a magic carpet. You can get, um, you can get a car. You can get the car from Final Fantasy 15. All right. So uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this for a moment. All right. Well, let me, let me interject this real quick for the, well, actually of the, of the audience. Uh, Mimir from Magic the Gathering is M O M I R. 
Right. And Mimir from God of War is M-I-M-I-R. So there we okay. go. Okay. That's right. I Excellent. took I took that right away from y'all. So that way you can't come after me or Chris <laughs> and go, well, actually. All right. All right. So let's talk about 14 for a minute. Okay. Are you are, are you going to play it when the expansion drops? Probably not, man. I've been out of that okay. game for a while. Yeah, I know. I wasn't sure if this was enough to pull you back in. Um, I, I tell you what, I've heard a lot of people talk about a lot of things about this new expansion. I'm hearing a lot of great things. I'm hearing a lot of cool stuff from a lot of classes and a lot of additions and yada, yada, yada. Don't care. Games is boring. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not boring. I just, I just can't, I, I can't, man. Mm-hmm. I just can't. So here's, here's my deal. I was huge into 14 closed beta and 1.0. Uh, my interest mm-hmm. tapered off with Realm Reborn. Uh, a lot of people are like, yeah, this is so great now. I, I had no issue with the, with the game before that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't doing, you know, high-level in-game stuff, but I didn't think that was, you know, I figured it was kind of everything at once was the issue, but I enjoyed the game uh, more than I did post-redo. Uh, um, and I tapered off pretty quick and just stopped playing. Uh, I've tried a couple times to get back into it. I've loaded it up. Uh, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. Uh, but I loaded up a few months ago, uh, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what I was doing. I had, you know, some quests to do stuff. Couldn't remember any of the control type stuff. <laughs> so that's always a struggle, uh, getting back into an MMO like that. That's one of the things I always liked about 11 was the controls were very easy, <clears throat> very standard RPG ish, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas 14 went to more, wowish in that kind of you know new mmo control style i say new but Mm -hmm. (laughs) new for those of us that have been playing mmos for 20 years yeah Uh, (laughs) he said he spelled that he spelled it in you uh um i just completely threw off my train of thought with that one uh (laughs) so but yeah so i played it and i the last time I played, not this previous time, but the time before that I picked it up, I actually started doing some of the uh, dungeons or raids or whatever they're called in 14. Um, mm-hmm. And that was interesting. I really appreciated the level of matchmaking they had, the cross-realm stuff, cross-server stuff, great quality of life things they have in the game. Um, but I just kind of lost interest in the game again. Uh, but when they... When I saw the new expansion stuff, uh, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I seem, I feel like I've missed a lot of stuff because <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. like, I have no idea what's going on here. All these things, yeah. the cinematics, and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then they uh, announced the Blue Mage class. And I was like, okay, I like Blue Mage and 11. Mm-hmm. What's 14? Okay, 14 seems similar. I'm like, okay. I, I, full disclosure, I have pre-ordered the expansion and bought oh, wow. everything in between because I want to play it. Um, I just, I'm very concerned that I'm going to load it up and play it and not even get to the expansion because I'm not enjoying it. And I'm not, yeah, 
I know they have the quick level up things and will let you, you know, skip the story up to the new expansion. I'm not going to do that. If I'm going to play in remote, yeah. I'm going to do it start to finish. Yeah. I'm going to level my ass up myself. You know, yes. I'm going to play it right. Yeah. I'm concerned that I will lose interest before getting to a lot of cool stuff, which I think there's a lot of cool stuff in the game already I'm missing out on because I haven't gotten far enough. But it's just getting to that point. I don't know if I'll be able to. Yeah, it's that that is the verbiage that encapsulates for me the time. Mm -hmm. That's all it comes down to. I mean, there's so much time for grinding. There's so much time for repeating the same dungeons, the same levels, the same things. And there are workarounds. They've gotten better with different workarounds. You know, if you don't, if you want to get from this to this, you don't have to do this one thing. You can do one of these five things. They, they've gotten better about variety. Mm -hmm. Definitely gotten a lot better about adding story content and side story content. <laughs> it's, I'm not at all denying that Final Fantasy 14 has a lot to offer at all. This is from a person that had six, six characters. I went through that main story six separate times. <laughs> I've done a lot of shit in that game. Mm -hmm. It's nothing to do with the quality or the quantity. It's the simple fact of how much it's time I have to dedicate to it, even with one character, to continue playing. I have too much shit to do to dedicate all that time again to one thing. I, it's just, it's, it's too fucking rough. It's too much. Right. And it wouldn't matter if it was Final Fantasy 14 or Fantasy Star Online or if it was World of Warcraft or EverQuest, like all of those. They are good for what they have. But I can't, can't give it what it wants. I can't give it what it needs. I have I have other have other flowers to pollinate like Drill Dozer <laughs> and Persona Six when it comes out, you know. I mean, look at look at Persona Five alone. I went through that game twice. I put somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five hundred hours into that game. Now I'm take away four to five hundred hours from from Final Fantasy fourteen. That's a lot of shit I did not do. That's a lot of raiding and and raid practicing and and grinding and shit that I didn't do. It's yeah, it may make the it may make it extend longer, but if I have a choice to come home and play fourteen and, and run through a dungeon again or continue the palace of Persona Five, <laughs> that palace is winning out. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, it's it's good. I'm 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 always glad. I, I will trumpet Final Fantasy fourteen from the mountains. I'm glad people enjoy it. I promote what it's doing, I promote what it continues to do, and I'm happy to see that it's that they're not like they are full steam ahead. You know, they're adding new stuff all the time, and I'm I'm down for all that. Keep get keep going. It's just not for me anymore. Yeah. So. And I I'm not gonna put you on the spot. Uh, I'm going to look up real quick when that comes out, because I know that's next month, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's, or, it's close, because I've already pre-ordered uh, my wife her copy. Yeah. She's actually been playing with the uh, another cool thing they do, which I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming World of Warcraft does something like this, but they have like a... The game isn't even out. The expansion is not out right now, but they have like a character editor almost, so you could 
you can go in and like basically make a character and play around with the new with the new races <laughs> and stuff like that. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, there I was really interested that they had the new classes and races coming out with the expansion, but there mm-hmm. was at least the blue mage was playable early before yeah. it. Yeah, I know at first it was limited. I don't know if they uh, expanded that, but it's like level capped me, at 40 instead of the cap or something like that because they were still balancing well, it out. Let me ask the room expert. Uh, can you play as Blue Mage right now? Yes. Uh, what's the level cap max for level? Blue Mage? 50 right now. Huh? 50. 50? She says it's 50 right now. Uh, and what's, what's the, the actual what's cap? The, what's the level cap for the... Right now, 70. 70. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's still cool, though. And I... So, I, yeah. I have the utmost respect for them doing that because it shows that, okay, well, we're only going to release the 50 because we still have work to do. And we want some things to be, you know, special for their release. But giving that early, awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And I really mm-hmm. like what I saw of Blue Mage. So I, <laughs> if I'm going to play the expansion, I need to start playing 14 soon um, yeah. to get caught up. So I have to make a decision soon. <laughs> I figure out what other games I'm going to sacrifice to do so. Um, I think you might be okay, man. I think if, like, if the interest level is where you're concerned with, I think that 14 has enough shit now to where you're kind of trespassing over the overload. Like, you have a variety of shit to, to get into. So, um, now I, <laughs> I, it's it's hard to tell without you actually getting into it. What's gonna you know turn you off but the things that turn you off i want to say there's equal if not more things that'll that'll get your interest yep i will throw out that uh it is i want to say yep currently installed on my computer and was updated i need to update it again of course uh yeah but i just updated it like a month ago because i was like mm, i'm gonna load it up and play i think um Actually, as the launcher that was updated a month ago, they don't update as often. Um, but yeah, I've—I don't know. We'll see. Um, let's see. All right. So back to <laughs> back to my week. Um, uh, let's see. Arena. Nothing else to say about that. Uh, so on to the Mario May content. So I have continued playing Mario plus rabbits. Um, it's such a fun game and it is very easy to spend a lot of time going just one more fight, one more fight, you know, one of those games. Um, I did beat the main story. Um, I didn't have a whole lot to do for that. I actually went back and did some older, some stuff I'd already done working on perfecting, which is, you know, basically get under par with everybody alive. Under par mm-hmm. being uh, turn order, or turn number, uh, doing in certain right. number of turns with everybody alive. So I went through mm-hmm. and did all, a bunch of that, and then beat the game, and then went back and did more of that. So I am, as far as levels go, I'm at like 99%. I have one challenge, it's one of the ultimate challenges, there are four that unlock after you beat the game. I have one left. And it was kicking my butt. So yeah. I, um, I beat my head against that a little bit. I was like, you know what? Well, let me take a step back. And I started the Donkey Kong Adventure DLC for the game. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I knew that, of course, being Donkey Kong themed, it had other stuff. Uh, but I wasn't sure how it was related to the main game, etc. So Donkey Kong Adventure is takes place at the end of the game, after you beat it. It is mm-hmm. a post-game DLC. However, nothing carries over. It is a completely separate area, and it's a completely different save file. So your mm-hmm. saves for main story and DLC do not interact. Uh, That's... So is that good or bad? Because it sounds good. It's... I... I'm kind of annoyed that I didn't get to carry over all my cool weapons and stuff, but I understand it. I understand it because you're in a new area. There are new things like you don't have coins to pick up. You have bananas because that's what you do in Donkey Kong, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's really cool that they did, you know, something like that and the theme and how things are scanned. It's very, it's all, you know, Donkey Kong themed and uh, I'm enjoying it. What has surprised me is the length of it. I figured this would be probably, you know, something, uh, you know, basically just a few extra levels, a few extra fights, etc. with new characters, whatnot. I'm I'm not convinced that this is not as long as the main game. I have gone hmm. through a lot of fights. I, I played for five and a half hours um, and I replayed two levels in that time to get perfection uh, on them. Uh, one of them twice, one of them just once, uh, replaying. So mm-hmm. I haven't spent a lot of time on individual uh-huh. levels. And at the end of five and a half hours, I was like, okay, this is the end of the DLC. No, it just dropped me into a completely different area uh, in part of the DLC. So I'm like, okay, so it's still going. <laughs> so I guess I'll keep going. And even after I beat the game, or beat the DLC, I should say, I've already seen in the starting area, the little hub, um, that the DLC has, there are things that unlock. It's like, it actually tells you this will be, you know, it, not as bluntly, but it says after you beat the game, come back here for challenges. So, okay. So I've got another set of challenges after I beat the DLC to do. And this is so much content. Um, so I, let, me, let I, me say this out loud. So I got this right. You're saying mm-hmm. that this is DLC for this game. This was free DLC. No, I got oh, the season okay. pass, uh, and I'm actually going to look up. Uh, oh, what whoa, the price whoa! Is. That makes it that makes it even better. So this is the first season of DLC, this Donkey Kong one. Uh, it is. I say season pass. I don't know that it's actually season, but mm, okay. uh, I got the whatever they called it when I bought the game. I got the one that yeah. came with the uh, pass, which I usually do. Yeah. Uh, in any event, this is DLC, and you're saying you see it almost equal as the main content of the game as far as content amount. That's yeah, wow. It seems like it. I could be wrong, and it could end soon based on where I'm at, but it's mm-hmm. not giving me reason to think so. You know, um, the 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 base game was pretty clear. You know, you had four areas that you needed to go to, and they had. Uh, there wasn't really anywhere else for you to go. So you kind of knew, okay, well, once I finish these four areas, the game's probably over, you know. But the DK DLC is not as... It's not all based off the hub. You have... You're basically exploring this area, 
and then it leads you to the next area and then the next area. And I was kind of uh, associating them with the four worlds that the base game has because the counter on the fights actually started over at certain points. I'm like, okay, well, this is considered World 1 then. Um, but that's that's not quite the case. Um, or it may be and there's just more worlds because I'm pretty sure I've already seen... I think I've already seen four. Four new... Four level counters. Um, now they don't have... 10 levels each like the base game does but they have probably five each so far and if mm -hmm. i've only seen half of the dlc then that's you know if i've seen 20 out of 40 dlc is going to have and the base game had 40 roughly you know thereabouts uh, yeah that's going to be equal length so really cool and I, if it's not free i know but if it's like 15 dollars for this the base game was 60, so you're getting almost as much content for a quarter of the price. Okay. Um, and fun content. They did a really good job with making it not be too repetitive um, because the weapons and all of that are kind of standard. But with the DLC characters, they've changed them up. There are new abilities and whatnot. Um, you know, Donkey Kong, he... He's large, obviously, right? Um, mm -hmm. But his game character, his little you know token, if you will, is large as well. So he has different abilities. Uh, like a staple in the base game is you can uh, jump on teammates or on enemies after you jump on teammates. You know, there's jumping involved. Donkey Kong, he doesn't jump like characters do. Other characters can still jump on him, but no, what he does is he walks over, uh, and I, I guess I shouldn't say he doesn't jump because he actually does, but not in the typical sense, because he jumps on a character, pins them to the ground, picks them up in a ball, and then will throw them. Wow. So you have this completely new mechanic that is similar to what you had, but it's not because you can do this to allies and enemies. And obstacles on the course, uh, boxes and whatnot. So it added a whole new level of strategy to uh, a character because it's not just, okay, well, let me get behind cover, you know, shoot at the enemy. Typical XCOM and Mario plus Rabbit's base game type strategy. You know, you have a couple other abilities, grenades, etc., explosives for AOE attacks. But this is now, and this is part of his movement too. So this doesn't even count as a weapon attack or a special ability. So it's like, okay, well, I have choices now. I can move to my ally, pick them up, move Donkey Kong's full movement speed, throw my ally even further, and then take their turn to go even further. So now mm. map traversal just got bonkers. You know, wow. I'm moving characters double at least what they could do normally by utilizing Donkey Kong, and then he can still attack. Um, or if there's an enemy like Slammers in the game, they're brutal. They have these big slabs of concrete, essentially, and they will literally beat you with this pillar, and it does a <laughs> lot of damage. Um, but they're slow, so you typically kind of do this whole kiting game, you know, where you will move back far enough to where you can hit them, because when you hit them, they also move up 
move their movement speed towards you and if they get to you they'll attack as a retaliation for mm-hmm. you hitting them mm-hmm. so you have to do this whole mechanics but with donkey kong now what you can do is run up to one of these guys pick them up and throw them away from you across the map there's an edge of the map wow. there even better because they bounce after they land so I'm like okay i'm gonna throw them on the tile at the edge of the map which you know throwing an enemy does like 20 damage it doesn't change it's always 20 but when an enemy falls off the map, it's a flat 30 damage no matter what. So I can pick up these guys, throw them, and this doesn't trigger retaliation on enemies. So I have... It's a good way to separate yourself from these problem enemies. Or you can throw them on another enemy and it'll... Excuse me, it'll damage the other enemy, throw them on a box, it'll explode the box, etc. Mm-hmm. So you have all these different strategy things to consider just from Donkey Kong's new mechanics. So after spending, I don't know, it's been a long time since I started the game, so I don't know how long it took me for the base game, but just since last week when I started playing again, I put 26 hours into the main story plus challenges and replaying levels for perfection. So 30 hours of playing playing one way, and now with the DLC, I'm basically having to relearn the game. Because they added so much, uh, a new level of strategy to it, more so much depth to it. Uh, so this is a superb DLC. Um, we we talked about DLC, and lately things have actually been pretty good for DLC for games. Um, there haven't been many that have just flat out disappointed, um, but this is certainly one of the more recent ones that has actually shined uh, in uh, what they did and how it impacts the game. And how much time it gives you in addition. Because um, we could talk about DLC and worth it or not all day long. You know, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Um, but this one, totally worth it. Um, I'm looking forward to continuing it and seeing how long it is. And hopefully finishing it. Um, today does officially end Mario May. So... And I probably won't even yeah, finish it today. I'll probably finish it tomorrow. Uh, but. Before before you trip off of Mario mm-hmm. Plus Rabbids, in case I haven't asked this before, I feel like I may have, but in case I haven't, if you were to recommend Mario and Rabbids to somebody, let's say they've never played an XCOM game, they've obviously never played mm-hmm. this game, what? how would you sell this game to somebody? Aside from just, it's Mario and it's fun and there's stuff. There's these tactics and whatnot. How would you sell this to somebody to make them go, all right, yeah, okay, I'll check it out? So this is very much a strategy game, um, as hopefully what I was just talking about kind of gave you that idea anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so if you like RTS, you know, if you like uh, puzzle games, because there are absolutely puzzles in the game as well. Uh, and if you think about it, you know, strategy is essentially a puzzle. Uh, if yeah. you like that kind of thing and it's not just okay well shoot and you know kill the other person before they kill you type thing uh there's a lot of strategy for such a simple looking game on the surface uh like i talked last week about how they simplified the hit percentage thing zero percent 50 percent and 100 percent are your damage percentages nothing in between so you have a very clear idea of whether or not you will hit Aside from the 50-50, which is a 50-50 chance. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
So they simplify certain mechanics, but they make up for it by giving you uh, these complicated maps, uh, complex maps, and all these different things that go on your maps. In between fights, there are puzzles and things you have to do uh, to progress. Um, you know, switch puzzles, uh, memorization puzzles in the DLC, apparently, which terrible for me. Um, <laughs> my poor memory. Uh, but <laughs> I, I still enjoyed it. It was, it wasn't long enough to make me not like it. It's like, okay, very well game. I will solve your puzzle hopefully quickly and move on because I don't want to be stuck here forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's got a lot of variety to it. Uh, even yeah. though it, it has, there's the core mechanic, you know, you're doing these tile based strategic fights, uh, turn-based as well. Um, there are so many layers to it. On top of the silly Mario and Rabbit story, which is amusing. Um, it's it's certainly not a deep story, but it is funny. And uh, again, if you've it's, never played a Rabbids game, uh, you're missing out. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's funny and charming in that way that both Mario and Rabbids respectively can be. Yes. Good. Yeah, it's. I was thinking about this as well. Because Mario plus Rabbids was... Ubisoft did that. Mm-hmm. And think about Super Mario RPG. Square did that. Yeah. When Mario pairs... Let me put it this way. When Nintendo allows another company to touch Mario, we get great things. They do not waste their yeah. time with bad yeah. games. <laughs> and yeah, so, I mean, if anything, Nintendo definitely isn't going to let that happen, you know? Exactly. <clears throat> so you said Mario Maze over. You didn't mm-hmm. play Mario Galaxy 1 or I've 2? played that before, though. i played both of them before. Yeah. <sighs> You didn't play Mario Galaxy 1 or 2. You didn't play Mario is Missing. You didn't play Mario's Time Machine. Chris, this Mario may need some work, man. Oh. Okay, there's so the goal was to play games I hadn't played or hadn't beat. <laughs> I'll just so, fuck it with you, man. Um, and there's also only so much time. Uh, yeah. I, I'm surprised I got through as many as I did. You know, Super Mario World, Super Mario RPG, Super Mario 64, yeah. Mario plus Rabbids now. You know, that's when I was four playing games. the, um, so for the 25th anniversary of Mega Man, I went, I played a different Mega Man game every day with the goal mm-hmm. being to try to beat a game every day. And some of those I did, obviously, obviously I stayed away from Mega Man Legends, stayed away from all the battle networks, uh, try to mm-hmm. pick the games that were standard ish Mega Man. One of those days I dedicated to Mega Man Soccer. <laughs> I don't watch soccer. I've never played soccer. So there is so much shit that that game was throwing at me. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea. But I know what Dust Man is. And I know what mm-hmm. Ring Man is. And I know what Roll is and Rush is. But everything else was just it. I, I wasted a day on that game. <laughs> yeah. Nothing against Mega Man. I mean, I'm sure that they incorporate like all these sports games do. I'm sure they incorporated their the boss's powers into something. There were probably special kick moves or something. But I, I 
I couldn't play the game because I didn't know how to fucking play the game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but I've yeah, been. overall, I, I've been really satisfied with Mario May. I've played a bunch of really good games. And good. Hey, just because I didn't play this, you know, time, maybe I'll do another Mario May next year, and I'll have more yeah. games to play, and I can play some of these other ones. Um, mm-hmm. But I also plan on playing uh, Mario Maker Two when it comes out. Uh, in a few short weeks. So I'll be mm. into more Mario and have a couple other Mario-related things I kind of want to do. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how other games end up because I have... Man, I went to Steam again because I, I noticed on my hard drive, I was like, man, my my G drive, G for games, is mm. getting rather full. Uh-huh. And I was like, but I purposely, when I... Redid my hard drives. I said, all right, I'm only going to install games that I'm intending to immediately play. Aside from a few casual games, you know, like Path of Exile, it'll be installed. Seven Days to Die, it'll be installed forever. Yeah. You know, things that never end. Yeah. But I have, and I uninstalled one that I don't know how it got installed, but I currently have four, five, six, seven, eight other games (laughs) uh, installed now. And I'm like, all right, I'm breaking my rule. I need to... Once I'm done with Mario, I need to go back and fix this. So yeah. um, I need to get some games. And I have to decide if I'm going to play Sekiro. Um, uh, the Total War Three Kingdoms just came out, and I wasn't really following it. But then I saw people play, and I was like, all right, well, I'm I'm in. I want to play this game now. <laughs> Add it to the list. Speaking uh, of Steam, um, was that it for your week? Yeah. Gotcha. Speaking of Steam, we'll roll into some news. And we'll okay. start the news with, uh, as I click through my tab. Oh, wow. The first tab I clicked on. Perfect. When is the Steam Summer Game Sale in 2019? And sources are saying it's going to be toward the end of June. Now, I have not been a religious follower of the Steam sale, other than when they pop up, I do tend to either look at them or buy games during them, but I don't have, like, the patterns down. So, Mm -hmm. I am looking forward to the next Steam sale, and sources are saying it's going to be toward the end of June. So, just keep your your wallets ready, folks, because it is coming. Uh, My wish list, I think I have, like, 50 or 60 games on my wish list, so we'll see. (laughs) We'll see what pops up. Um, can't can't be spending a lot of twenty thirty dollars on individual games right now, but oh, those little those little three and four dollar ones uh, got my eye on you, got my eye on you. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Dying Light Two, Final Fantasy Seven, and Marvel's Avengers. These are at least three of the games that uh, are confirmed for Square Enix's E three this year. Mm-hmm. Um. I've been kind of in the dark about the Marvel's Avengers one. I think I've seen the one trailer for it, or at least heard one time it talked about, but relatively in the dark about it. But I'm hoping good things. I mean, this is Disney's, or or this is Marvel's uh, property in the hands of Square Enix. So, uh, I'd have to... I had to look into it. If anything, I had to wait for E3 and see what information they have on it. Uh, Dying Light Two, man, I don't, I didn't play the first one, so I'm, I'm, 
I don't really have much to say on that. Final Fantasy VII, yeah, we're all we're all ready to see what this do. The trailer that we just got was like two oh, minutes man. long, and that that satiated so much for me in that mm-hmm. little bit. Now imagine if they have a ten minute long thing for Final Fantasy VII remake in E3. Wow, Oof. Not trying to build the hype up because it might not be that. It might be another minute long trailer or two, but ah. Oh. I'm looking forward to that. This is this is one of my okay. Now I'm interested in watching E3 this year. Things, uh, lots lots of things are coming out. Lots of things are getting confirmed. <clears throat> I'm I'm treading on water here. I'm trying not to. I'm not necessarily going internet dark. I'm not going to go internet dark over E3. Uh, but there are. I'm starting to see articles that are getting almost laser specific, where they're like, you know, here are the here are the X number of games that X company is going to announce at this one. And they list them off. And I, I don't want to see that. That's got to have a little bit of surprise at E3. You know, you got to have those moments where this trailer pops up and you're like, what the fuck? What's going on? What is this game about? And then you hear, you know, but you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Was that Star Fox? What the? Whoa? Yeah, I don't I want that. I don't want to read it in a list, you know, <laughs> Uh, but speaking of E3, it says Microsoft's East, this is from GameSpot, says E3 press conference to showcase 14 Xbox One first party games. This, this is, uh, this is good to know. It's also, it also got me thinking about exclusives and I was trying to find lists of exclusives and I found one a few years ago that was very fairly concise, but uh, I ended up pulling up a, a Gamatsu article uh, or page, and it pulled up one for PlayStation 4 exclusives and Xbox One exclusives and Switch exclusives. Now, I think Switch, I think Nintendo is automatically out of this because they're always going to have their main exclusives. I mean, they live and breathe on their exclusives. You know, they have mm-hmm. Zelda, they have Mario, they have, I mean, so on at Star Fox, they, the list goes on. So really it comes down to Xbox and PlayStation. And, uh, I'm not going to list them all. I'm not, I'm just looking over this released list of exclusives for PS4. And I mean, I'm, I've got to be hovering over about 70 to 80. It's maybe even more. And I'm looking over the Xbox Ones, and I'm seeing maybe, maybe twenty or thirty. So that's first party games are fine. Exclusives are what Xbox really needs to focus on, uh, in my opinion. Or hey, maybe they don't care. Maybe they're just worried about the next console they're making. Who knows? But yeah. That's more that's more surprisey stuff though. I'm still waiting to be surprised by what E3 is going to show me. Uh I'm not going to read the article title because I don't uh I'm not it's not the way I want to present the news, but let's just say I've been reading little snippets here and there about the uh Witcher Netflix series still. Oh, and wow. uh yeah, I, I'm just that I have just out of ha- I have to out of habit. I just have to just fold my arms to this and just wait. 
Like I'm not I am I interested in anything Witcher? Of course I am. But I have is media has proven again and again and again that they cannot get this shit right. So I don't know. I mean, if I really want to be nitpicky, I'm looking at a picture of Henry Cavill and he's he looks like Geralt, sure. He's got the long silver hair, okay. He's got the cat eyes, okay, good detail. Golden cat eyes, even closer detail. I don't see a single scar on his face. So when the fuck does this thing take place? Because hmm. Geralt, Geralt is scarred. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is ravaged, and I don't see that here. But well, whatever. Uh, I don't know the pedigree of the writers and producers and directors of this show. All I've heard is people say that Geralt, I mean, that uh, Henry Cavill is a fan of the series. That's great. I, you, but Henry Cavill doesn't write the damn script, <laughs> you know. Um, at the end of the day, like any actor, he takes a paycheck. So it's great if he wants to add his enthusiasm to it. If he's genuinely played all the Witchers and enjoyed them, I'm as more props to him. I'm happy to hear that. But somebody else writes a script. Somebody else writes the screenplay. Somebody else directs. Somebody else produces, and their mind is what I need to know. And I'm not gonna know until I see the show. Uh, I'm going to be as open mind with it as I can. It's a very guarded open mind, though. Very. Um, see what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, I saw some stuff in our in our news, uh, Chris. The mm-hmm. uh, Mario Maker Two news. Little snippets here and yeah. there. It was nice to know. Yeah, there's. There's a few things that it's like, okay, so it's just, you know, more information kind of expanding upon what we saw. But there was one big thing that a lot of people are not happy about, but yet, amazingly enough, are not surprised. So Mario Maker 2, they showed off playing levels co-op or versus, but up to four players playing a map, uh, Mm -hmm. a level, which is pretty cool. But now we know... That it's only couch co-op with your friends. Online is randoms. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of. So, uh, and the kicker is their justification. The justification is well, we want the leaderboards to be fair. Blink, blink. Question mark. Mm. What? Mm, but if it's random, yeah, it's it's odd because I mean, why? How? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. But people yeah. are like, well, I mean, we're not surprised. It's Nintendo. Nintendo is notorious for doing whatever they're gonna do and kind of ignoring everyone else. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll give the prop where it is due. If they're you know the the local wireless co-op play with friends, hey, couch co-op, mm-hmm. good. You're you're not turning completely away from that. But yeah, yeah, I I have friends that live in multiple states. I'd like to be able to co-op with them mm-hmm. as well. You know. Oh yeah, uh, Chris. Very important question, man. Uh, yep. Do you do you are are uh do you have the gaming disorder? Maybe I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I do too, um, man. Because I'm so 
looking up at this Kotaku article that you linked. Um, yeah. Gaming disorder, now a recognized illness, according to the World Health Organization. This was uh, this is an interesting interesting little read. Yeah, um, it and they give specific definitions, which okay, it's kind of following the lines of other addictions, which mm-hmm. also was reading some comments about how they don't call things addictions a lot of times. It's just a disorder, even though it's really you know what most people taught would consider uh, addictions. You know, yeah. Uh, May I? Yeah, go ahead. A pattern of persistent or recurring gaming behavior, digital gaming or video gaming, which may be online, i.e. over the internet, in case you need to know what what online Uh meant, or offline, manifested by one or one, two or three of these things. Impaired control over gaming. E.g. onset frequency, intensity, duration, termination, context. Increasing priority giving, given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes the precedence over other life interests and daily activities. And, definitely want to get back to that one, Chris. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. The behavior pattern is of sufficient severity to result in significant impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. This is this is so interesting to me. And I'm saying that in a very sarcastic looking down the broom of my nose when I say interesting. Because... Why is it just gaming that has this like this? I think you hit the nail on the head with what you said earlier. This is not just gaming. Anybody can have a thing that they're interested in to the degree where it becomes this, where it becomes a disorder, you know? Uh, I mean, gambling is a good one to go to. It's an easy easy left-hand turn, no problem. But this goes for anything. Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just taking it a personal offense because there's actual, the actual word gaming is in it. So maybe there are several disorders like this and it's just, this is it. This is the gaming disorder, but yeah, yeah, man, this goes for anything. If you, I take this to the level, I kind of want to take this to the level of extremes than the norms because Mm -hmm. especially this second point let me read that again chris increasing priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other life interests and daily activities okay so if i watched television when i come home from work provided i still cook clean i still bathe myself i do homework or whatever when it comes to relaxation time if i watch tv two hours a day every day after work but then i start playing video games i dump tv and i play video games for four hours a day while still doing my normal shit does this now mean that i not only do i have a gaming disorder but did i have a did i have a tv watching disorder like that was an interest and 
I had an interest, but now something else has taken the precedence over that interest. Like this, that's this very kind of come on, man. An interest yeah, is uh, an interest, you know. If I have, if I favor one interest over another, I don't, I don't see how that's a problem. I just favor doing one thing as opposed yeah. to doing thirty. And and based on the wording, I think it's implied that they're considering all three together. So yeah, even in that case, it's not really necessary to have that in, um, because the other two would really cover the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I, I don't know. It's I I understand from a high level, from the macro level, and I'm sure there are a slew of other similar disorders, as you said, gambling. That's probably. A huge one, uh, you know, not drug related would be gambling. Um, yeah. Because typically drugs and, and this going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, not calling everything addiction because like drugs and stuff like that, that would be a literal addiction. You know, it's a physical response. Uh, right. Argument could be made, you know, about physical response to video game playing, you know, uh, adrenaline, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But from a certain level, I can see what they're going for here and calling it a disorder instead of addiction. Um, and I'm like, you mentioned, like we kind of alluded to, it's probably a, just one of many, uh, yeah. In this kind of line of disorders. They're just, I don't, I think what it comes down to for me, one of the questions I have is why, is this being singled out? Um, why does this not just kind of fall under other things? Is yeah. there a specific agenda behind identifying this specifically? Um, and I know we've heard all the horror stories, you know, people dying from playing video games for, you know, a hundred hours straight and yeah, we're, wasting away. That's very extreme. Really reaching the so. extremes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious like I said, why this is a thing now. I don't... Now, don't get me wrong. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I just want to make sure it's not taken advantage of and now every kid has gaming disorder, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it... I'm really harping on on that daily activities thing. I really am. But (laughs) there, there are so many... And varying thickness levels, mind you, so many levels of gray in this that it really starts, it really starts infringing on areas that I don't want things to be infringed on. Like, a significant impairment in your personal life. I mean, there's already a dead horse right there. It's my personal life. It's what I wanted to do. So what does it matter to you if it's my personal life? Your social life. I Maybe I don't care to be a super out there social butterfly. Well, maybe yeah, you I'm should. I'm antisocial. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should because that'll be... All right. Now you're now you're telling me how to be as a person. I don't like that. I mean, I, 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 there's not always set answers to this. I have one friend or I have 40 friends or I have 7,000 friends. Like, define what social is. Can you, I mean, what? where is the impairment to your social life if you have a 
what's the average network of coworkers, an average work at work of associates, an average uh, working level of of of, uh, of friends? Like that's that's it's very weird to put that in there. Family, okay, I get that one. Family's blood, I get that. You want to be close to your family. I that under, that one. That's that's a understood one. Uh, if you're just completely and utterly neglecting your family, especially in their times of need for video games or anything, yeah, I get that. That that that's that's a problem. Uh, you we still we as as people as societies in general, you want to stick by your family. So I can I can at least see that one. Uh, educational. Now this is okay. Believe it or not, there's a fucking gray ground here. Okay, uh, you have somebody that graduated high school. That's as far as they wanted to go, and they spent the rest of their time doing insert anything else here. You don't have the right to go to their house and knock on the door and go, "Why the fuck didn't you go to college?" Because they can go, "Fuck you! I didn't want to go to college." And you can put your hands on your hips and go, well, you could have a better job. And they go, well, I've got a job. I live in this place. I pay my bills. I don't, I mean, I, would I want to? Sure, but why? It's. It could be because I want to grow smarter. Then I don't feel I want or need to grow any smarter. And that's my choice. Or I can get a better job with better pay. Well, money isn't everything to me, so... You know, just let me live my life, you know. So, uh, education is, eh. There are societal boundaries to this. I get that. If you educate yourself better, you have you can pass that knowledge on. You can be a better, a more functioning person in society, period. I get that. But that's still a, that's still a choice. If somebody decides to leave, you know, and not get an education and then be homeless for 26 years, if they choose to do that, that's their choice i don't hate them for it i'm gonna tell them to do better i have no right to tell somebody to do that i could suggest it i could you know maybe offer my own personal experiences in my own life but if somebody wants to make you know five figures and if they if they're comfortable making twenty thousand dollars a year then i have no right to just push on them it would it's beneficial Yes, it's good. You're doing a good thing. But if at the end of the day, go, they go, eh, I'm comfortable. I mean, I, well, I'm not going to be an asshole, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, occupational, that's th- to the level of following the guidelines of the occupation. Yes. If the job says you're supposed to be here at 7 o'clock, you take an hour lunch break, you leave at 4 o'clock, and you show up late because you were insert anything else here or uh, you kept sneaking out to get home early to do anything else here, then yeah, I see that as a problem. But or other important areas of functioning. I just Yeah, and I feel I think a couple of them are uh, aimed more towards children and the social and educational in particular. I think that's yeah. what they're leaning forward because, you know, children and social development important for development or social interactions are important for, uh, you know, child development, etc. Mm-hmm. I understand that. So, do we? I mean, Chris, should we should we make a cell phone uh, disorder? I mean, what about people that are in social situations and they're just 
they're just at a dinner with 15 other friends and everybody's on their cell phones. I mean, hey, you're not being social. That's a problem. You could yeah, and you could be that's, you know, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> that that's kind of, you know, touching on my point of why do we need this? You know, because yeah. I'm sure there are other more for lack of a better word generic disorders that would cover this without yeah. identify or without calling out, I should say, without calling out gaming specifically. Now, if you, this is, this is touchy, man. It's real touchy. Mm-hmm. But if you do generally feel like you have a gaming problem, which can mm-hmm. exist, it does exist. Yes, like you mentioned yeah. earlier, like like you mentioned earlier about people that have died playing video games, it will. It doesn't even have to go that extreme. I will say this from a. I'm giving you my opinion. Do what the fuck you want to do, but this is my opinion. If you don't have like proper hygiene, like you just you bathe every four days because you're constantly playing video games or just one game, or you're malnourished, as in you eat like two very quick meals a day and they're always from McDonald's because you have to get back to the video game, or your family or your friends or your significant other has needed you for things and you have denied them just flat out because you just like pushed them out of your life solely because of video games. These are signs where I would say, okay, you have, you have some addiction problems. Would I say that they're video game specific? I mean, they could be if that's what it's pointing to, but it could be the same thing for somebody in a gambling addiction. You know, it just so happens this is what your catalyst is. I would say you have an addiction to something, period, and that needs to be addressed. Um, then, yes, by all means, seek seek help. I mean, stop. <laughs> for, for many reasons, uh, try, to, try to get better. But... That you know, Chris, what this does, what any law and any legislation or any medical uh, uh, observed thing comes around, somebody, some casual, for lack of a better word, is going to be is going to raise their hand and ask for medical help and medical grant and and medical special treatment because they have a gaming disorder. It's like no, nah, look, I play I play Modern Warfare four four hours a day, every day after work, and then on the weekends I play it for nine hours, and I can't stop. Well, the rest of your life seems to be working just fine. Yeah, but I got a disorder, and I need special treatment and money. Ah, come on. I hope this does not get taken advantage. You you mentioned that earlier. That's that's kind of what I'm harping on. I really hope this doesn't. I hope this helps the people that genuinely need help and not yeah. just, you know, gives a new avenue for the leeches to leech. And I wasn't even talking about from that perspective. I was talking about from the side of lawmakers and people like that, you know, government type stuff. You know, oh, not yeah. that you're, I mean, you're, we're covering both ends here. <laughs> Don't take advantage yeah. of it, period. Uh, period. Because yeah. we see. Every time something happens, you know, something video game related, you know, a shooting where someone played video games, talking about violence, we could hash that all day long, rehash that all day long. But, you know, getting the medical, same type thing. Okay, well, now 
going back to what I just said, all right, well, this person shot up the school. They had gaming disorder. It's so... <sighs> I, I guess, I guess, Chris, at, at the end of the day, for people like me and you, this hits home for us because we are gamers. We are the people who mm-hmm. play video games. So when this shit services, we're the first ones to go... Come on. I'm telling you, man, I have had this conversation recently at my job where I was in a room with a bunch of people generally and genuinely talking video games. And we went a little deep at some points, but it was mostly surface level shit. And around me, the gamers, the non-gamers of the room were just, oh, man, y'all are nerds and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, man, this is so crazy to hear you say stuff like this. Because the other room that I was in was a bunch of people talking about playing golf. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. Not, But I didn't participate in the conversation. And I didn't look down on them either. Why is this hobby still treated the way it is why is it still looked as i don't play that because i grew up like why why is it still treated like this this thing that is so alien and just oh why y'all it's so weird to hear y'all talk that way i'm like you could hear a room full of people talk about baseball and nobody bats an eye you can hear a bunch of people talking going Exactly. Fantasy football. You can hear people in a room talk about cars and, and, and engines and all that crap. Not a big deal. You can hear people talk about fishing or hunting or it's just it's so crazy to me that I am 37 years old and I can't carry on a conversation about a hobby without having people look at me with that. Wow, what a nerd. I'm like, what does it fucking matter? It's just a hobby. Mm-hmm. I... I would not, but would love to go into everyone's home and just watch what the fuck they do when they're free, when they don't have to babysit their children, they don't have to cook, they don't have to clean, they don't have to do a chore. All right, you are fucking free. What do you do? And I bet you so many will either dig in their phone or dig in a Netflix or, you know, something like that. And if they have a hobby... I'd love to find what that hobby is and go, that's what I'm talking about. You're into something. Something interests you. Granted, I don't watch football. I don't play football. And if I did, I could have a career. It could have made money. But I don't play video games to make money. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to play something to make money. Like Money is not my drive. If I was to go hunting... I could go hunting and produce food. I don't need to go hunting and produce food. I can go buy it. It's 2019. If I <laughs> wanted to, I could go hunting. My father taught me how to hunt. I'm sure I can kill something and bring it home. But that doesn't that doesn't interest me. If I was to go work on cars, yes, it would make me more functional when my car breaks or my wife's car breaks but i can look up how to fix things and it's just not it's cool motors all that stuff is cool but it's not what drives me this is just fucking fun and a console and a controller in my hand and that should be enough you know there is no yeah but you could behind it there isn't it exists but i don't pursue that avenue of it you know, it's just, I do it because it's fun. It passes time. It interests me. 
It's a hobby. And I, I wish that would just be enough. But there has to be other justification for this not to be treated differently. It's so weird that it's 2019 and I am getting on in my years and I'm still hearing like high school levels of banter about something I do that just brings me joy. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's so crazy. I don't feel I picked the wrong hobby. You don't. I don't think anybody should ever feel like they picked a wrong thing. You know. Yeah, it's it's weird when you think about the whole growing up thing. It's like, okay, well, when you're kids, you look at adults, and of course, with the generational changes, things change over time. There's generally a lack of understanding, and that's kind of what leads yeah. to a lot of the. Well, why are you doing this? But then when you look at, you know, your own generation and you have this amongst us, like, well, okay, if you've never played a game ever, okay, maybe I can sort of understand a little bit of confusion. Not that that gives you justification of crap on it, but I can understand you not seeing the appeal. That's totally fine. I'm not asking you to like it, you know, just don't judge me for it. Um, it's, it's odd and... I don't know why, like you said, this is still a thing when we're getting over so many other things that, you know, we've changed. And to be fair, most other things like let's look at big societal problems, you know, racism, you know, homophobia, all these other things that people judge other people on. These things are changing. But of course, it still exists. So, you know, and to be fair, video games are becoming more accepted generally speaking you know nerd culture if you will which is (laughs) pigeonholed typically to computers and technology is being more accepted but still it's going to exist it it is getting better yes but we have a long way to go still yeah it's 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 getting better and i i realize at the end of the day it, it usually comes down to individuals you know it's not I don't necessarily see a totality when it comes to this. It's usually to varying levels. It's individuals. And I just, I I get, I look at someone with a whole new light when they say stuff like that, when they act that way, Mm -hmm. you know, using myself as a prime example I can be in a room and hear a bunch of people talk about a bunch of shit. I have no idea what they're talking about. They could be talking about the, 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 you know, college level NF, uh, uh, foot. They could be talking college level football and talk about all these stats and all these games, all these players. And granted, I can listen to what they're saying and hear their enthusiasm and hear their interest level and go, yeah, man, that's awesome. They have something to talk like that about. You know, that's, that's Mm -hmm. cool that they're interested in that, that that draws that passion out of them. But I don't, I'm like indifferent for lack of a better word. I'm in, I, I'm a, I'm respectful of their appreciation, but I'm indifferent at the end of the day. Not once have I turned around to anybody uh, talking anything like that and been like, oh my God, I got to leave this room. You guys are just too much. Like it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It, 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 it really it really shows you the character of somebody when they act that way. Mm-hmm. And I hope uh, you would think with gaming being with, 
I, I want to say, I, I want to hope that gaming is increasing in popularity as years go on. It's becoming more and more in the forefront, more and more out there. I mean, you have perfect examples, if not the, if not the top consoles and, and Steam alone. I mean, look at something like Pokemon Go. That shit was, okay, granted, it was like a, a, a few weeks to a month of a worldwide crazy phenomenon. Mm-hmm. That was a phenomenon when it happened. And it seems like almost everybody did it. And it was based off of Pokemon, a Nintendo yep. game, a, 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 okay, Game Freak, but a Nintendo property. <laughs> and everybody got into it. They got in, they put their foot in, they went, wow, this is actually very fun. And they dipped out. And people like you and me, Chris, have like a fucking PS4 in our hand in these games. And we go, but wait, there's more. And they're like, nah, nah, that's done. Like, well, you showed, you showed that you have some interest in the very basic side mechanics of video gaming. Let me show you the real deal. And they're like, nah, nah. I had another example of something like this. Uh, I was trying to convince, uh, and I say this in a polite way, in a kind way. My, I was trying to convince someone that wasn't in the games that they could be into it. Uh, I said, have you ever played, uh, you like Game of Thrones? They were like, yeah. I said, I could recommend you a Game of Thrones video game where you could play it and you could you would probably enjoy it as much as you'd like to show. Maybe even more. Uh, I don't like video games, though. I don't, you know, swinging a sword and jumping. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It ain't nothing like that. It's a story-based game. You basically point and click your way through or you just select text options and play through the game. Like, I don't know. I'm like, and there's a Walking Dead game that does the same exact thing. And I know from watching all of that stuff that it is as good, if not better, than the actual show. And it, it's just that having the controller in their hand, man, just that's a block mm-hmm. for them. And the Wii came close. I mean, the Wii got a lot of people with the Wii Motion, which is crazy. It's just that that blows my mind <laughs> that... You want a controller, man, yeah. get get a damn, okay, get a mouse and keyboard, sure, but get a damn PlayStation 4 controller, get an Xbox One controller, there you go, and they're like, no, I'll take this waggle thing, and you're like, waggle thing, waggle, <laughs> man, have you played Donkey Kong before? Yeah, you could play that with the, wa- no, stop, <laughs> but I think... I feel like this is another piece of the giant battle that Nintendo and Microsoft and Sony have is that you got, I I almost, Chris, I almost want to pull that shield down and go, you know what, guys, if you want to do it because you want to make fucking money, then go do it. But go out there and get the general audience, <laughs> you know, sure. Get, get the world as a whole to go. Oh, y'all are talking about gaming. Yeah, sure. I play blah, 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 blah. Or, yeah, I know about blah, 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 blah. As opposed to, oh, man, you guys are nerds. That, <sighs> it shouldn't affect me as much as it does, but it does. I can't be anything but honest. It really sucks like that, man. You're too effective. You have gaming disorder. Yep. I have apparently gaming <laughs> disorder because I am so deep in my hobby that words of, of, of other people affect me. So I need to seek help. Uh, baby, you need to take me to a hospital right now and get me diagnosed with uh, gaming. I'm suffering from gaming disorder. 
Uh, she has now flipped me the bird, so apparently that's not happening. <laughs> uh, any other news stuff, Chris? Um, um, well, in personal news, I just tried to, you know, log into Final Fantasy XIV to update the game and uh-huh. uh, open the uh, authenticator on my phone, and it's now asking me to register again. So I'm now oh. locked out of my Square Enix account until I resolve this. Well, yay! Hey, man, that's bumps happen. Don't let that yeah. deter you. It's so. But uh, more serious. Final thing in news, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about the new Death Stranding trailer? You you are literally in my mind because that's where I was getting to. Uh, sure, why not? Full disclosure, I watched it through Easy Allies. I know this is a recurring thing with me, but typically these trailers and whatnot, that's how I engulf, engulf these things. Uh, I did watch it. And then, so they, I mean, they showed the trailer itself. It's like a five, ten minute trailer, whatever. And then they talked for like an hour or something about it uh, afterward. And uh, I still don't care. <laughs> um, the, uh, okay, so Death Stranding looks beautiful. It looks pretty. The facial details and the graphics, and there are some cool well, effects here and there. The, but the the cutscenes look good. Yes, the cutscenes. The scenes, gameplay was not impressive at all. No, no, it did not look um, good. I, 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 I don't know how else to say this, but we are like seven fucking trailers into Death Stranding. I, uh, taking all the Kojima baggage and setting it to the right, mm-hmm. we're so many trailers and so much news and so much shit we're being fed into Death Stranding. And I still am blinking my eyes as wide as I can and going, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, I'm sorry if that's a big thing. I should, you know, it's just a trailer. You don't have to know the whole game. No, I barely know fucking anything. I don't care about this stupid fucking baby strapped to his chest. I don't care why Norman Reedus is holding a baby and crying on a beach. I don't know why uh, Michael Mads is looking into this thing and and, and talking all this this poetic bullshit. I don't know why you're driving a motorcycle across this open wasteland or or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know why you can't see these things. I don't know any of this stuff. And the more that I'm not knowing, the more increasing I'm not caring. You know? So, well, once you play the game, you'll understand. That's not how a trailer works, Kojima. That's not how a game works, man. <laughs> I'm so confused and perplexed by all this stuff that I'm like, I'm out. I'm hard out, man. You barely had kept me along with Metal Gear and that stuff going, that started going all over the place. Now this is a brand new IP and I don't know what you're, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, there are a lot of guesses as to what they're getting with, with a lot of the, you know, story stuff, but, looking past that like i said looking at the gameplay where they were walking around where they had a little bit of combat shown that was not impressive gameplay that was old gameplay that did not look like a modern game nope you know the cousins yeah cousins look amazing that's i love where we're getting out with graphics you know god of war and uh 
what was the Android game uh, that people didn't like? Uh, uh, Near Automata. No, the oh, the the, the choose your adventure, multi branching. Uh, oh, Android, uh, 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 Detroit. Yes, Detroit. Detroit Become Human. That looked amazing as well. Um, I love working out with graphics and the cutscenes that they've shown for Death Stranding absolutely look there. And maybe the base game will look better, you know, at release. It's not coming out to November. So they have yeah. time. Um, you know, who knows how old that footage was as well. So it will look good as long as they clean it up. But yeah, I, I'm curious about the story, uh, but I have yet to decide whether I'm curious enough to play it myself. Yeah, I'm... I'm taking a hard stance, almost as much as a hard stance as I'm taking against fucking video game movies, man. I'm just, I, I, I respect Kojima's mind. I respect the things that he is going for. I respect that he has the balls to just say, I want to put this in and I'm shoving it in no matter what and like it or don't like it. It's in there. I, I respect his creative balls for doing the things he does. Also, I do acknowledge and understand that I am a simpleton, and sometimes I need somebody <laughs> to tell me A and B goes to C. There are games that have not been the greatest for me. I'm looking at you, Xenogears, but play me nine times, Michael. I'm not going to play you nine times because I couldn't get through the first time because you were too confusing. Uh, I realize that this game is going to be great for a bunch of people. But all we have until the game is released is teasers and trailers and information. And I stopped being interested after the second trailer. I'll say that. The first trailer was like, wow, this stuff is weird and odd and out there. And what's going on? Second trailer comes out. I have th the same questions and even more now. You can't sell me on this kind of intrigue. If it's you tell me a story, but wait, there's more that develops intrigue. And I'm wondering where characters go. I'm wondering where story arcs continue on to. I'm wondering how uh, these rivalries will get resolved if they'll get resolved. But when you're just coming out the gate with random out there shit with no ends to tie into, that does not interest me at all. That pushes me the opposite way. So, I still have some shred of hope that this is all a big facade and they're going to rip the wool off people's eyes and it's going to be uh, Metal Gear Solid 6 kept you waiting, fuckers. Ah, you thought all that, was all that was fake. But, in reality, I... I, I, I tell you what, Chris, if uh, Castle Super Beast or Easy Allies or even Giant Bomb do a long run of this game, I will watch them play it. Will mm. I play it? No. Will I buy it? No. No. It's going to take some crazy out there thing for me to want to get into this. And before you point the fingers and, and wave your hands and go, I know the answer. No, it is not a direct tie into Metal Gear. I had a huge time following Metal Gear Solid as a as a whole. 
So tying all this back into Metal Gear, you're not making that case any better for me. What, is Vamp going to pop up again? I mean, come on. What what are you going to do? What is what is Metal Gear tying gonna gonna offer me to make me go? Oh wow! Now everything makes sense. Uh, Liquid Snake is actually not the left hand. It's actually the baby. That's what it is. Baby is Liquid Snake. I don't know. That's that, that shit. This shit's too crazy, man. This is for somebody. This game is going to be for somebody, and that somebody may very well be a shit ton of people. This may sell millions, Chris. I may be crazy, and this game is going to be the next thing. But as of what I have right now, and have had for a long time now, I, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm away from it. I don't mm-hmm. care. It has a lot of things in it that. There is a certain type of people that find this stuff cool, and I find maybe the imagery cool, but I need more information for me to be all in. Example, at the end of the trailer, you show this guy smoking a cigarette. You know, he holds his hands up in the air, and I guess the either the there's fire in the air, I don't know, or yeah, ash the, type thing. Yeah, something lit his cigarette. See, already a question. He held a cigarette straight up in the air and his cigarette lit on fire. Why? No, it's just a member. Sure. So he smokes his cigarette and these people appear behind him from, I guess y'all are standing in goop or water or something. He takes the cigarette, flicks it in front of him. So who the fuck are those people that just popped up? What are they standing in? I mean, questions. He flicks a cigarette in in front of him into the whatever liquid. Everything catches on fire. Why did it do that? What was in the again? What was that? What was that stuff? What was it? What was the goop? What was the grease? What was the oil? Whatever. They don't catch on fire. They just stand mm-hmm. there. Okay, how are they not catching on fire? What are they all immune to fire? Does 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 fire not have an effect on people? Are we in a different universe, in a different world, a different reality that fire is not a problem? Are they dreaming? Are they what? And then he shows he does his finger in a walk forward motion. Now they're walking through the fire. Okay, how are they walking through the fire and not burning alive? This is where are they going? What where where did they all come from? Who's their boss? What all these questions? And I bet there is people that saw that and went, "Oh man, they're fucking walking through fire, man! That is so cool." Yeah, from uh, let's see how cool we can make something. Let's see how awesome we can make something. Yeah, yeah, sure. S- cinematically, it looked cool. It was interesting. Way too much shit in my mind for me to go. Oh, I'm in. I gotta let Chris know I'm I'm pre-ordering Death Stranding now. It just added more questions. Made it obscure. And the more obscure a Kojima thing gets, the more I walk the other way. Uh, Any final thoughts on Death Stranding, Chris? (laughs) No. Well, what about you, audience? What thoughts do you have on Death Stranding? Uh, I'm assuming they're going to have some more information on it at E3. Maybe. Maybe not. If not, you don't have to wait too long. Uh, November 8th is the release date, if I remember right. So, that game is coming. And, you know, you'll be able to check it out for yourself. But what do you think right now? Are you 
it, this is your pre-order got to have? Uh, are you just going to check it out when it comes out, period? Or do you not care? You know? What about gaming disorder? What about uh, gaming as a hobby in general? What are thoughts, what are experiences that you have had in your current life, you know, recent life? Uh, do you have any past experiences? How do, how do your experiences today compare to those back in the day? Do you feel you have gaming disorder? Do you think gaming disorder is a real thing? And I don't mean as far as people in the legislation and the medical field determining it to be a real thing. Apparently now to them it is a real thing. But what do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? What are your thoughts on it? What games have you been working on? What uh, what movies have you seen? What anime have you watched? These Anything like that. We would love to talk with you. And there are many ways that you can get a hold of us. Um, many avenues for you to send us messages, to, to, to talk to us, and probably get whatever you send us read on the podcast and discussed as well. Uh, you can go to Facebook and search for End of Time Cast. It should be how... Uh, that's one way you can find us and maybe how you found this episode right here you can post on our wall you can send us a message um, anything like that on Facebook we have an email address you can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com that's endoftimecast at gmail.com no funny numbers in there just spell it like you heard it uh, we have a Twitter page. You can tweet us. You can retweet us. You can find all of our episodes uploaded onto YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search for In a Timecast. You'll see, at, as of this episode, around 94 episodes, uh, soon to be 94 episodes. So you can pick one out that you listen to and like and have a lot of things to say. You can leave comments in that episode. Uh, at this point, you should be able to go to Google and hopefully... Uh, if, if maybe in quotes, at least, uh, put an end of time cast and it should take you to one of many places that we can be found and you can leave some sort of feedback there. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to discuss things with you. We'd love to get your opinions, man. At the end of the day, this is only me and Chris. And even at the, even at a maximum, it's me, Chris and Adam. That's three people in this multi million people gaming world. Uh, lots of opinions, lots of stories, lots of facts, and lots of things that we'd like to hear from you. So yeah, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. And until next time, I'm Michael. And I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. Good night.